This town deserves a better class of criminal. And I'm gonna give it to him. Welcome to another episode of the Monthly Comics Cast, brought to you by the New England Society of Geeks. And you know what that means? Uh, I'm Derek, and I have with me, of course, the cosmic comic guru, Dario. Hey, everybody. So, let's talk comics. All right. We missed, what, two months now? Maybe a month and a half? Yeah, I think the last episode we did was... July. July. No. Had to have been July. Was it? Yeah, probably. I just know that. Well, no, maybe not June. It would have to be June, because I think we missed July. I think we missed July, yeah. Because yeah, I, I had all kinds of stuff going on. Right. And, and yeah, Gen Con, and Busy Man, and you're a busy man, schedules conflict. Sure, sure. So Always yeah, happens. It's good to be back. You should see uh, how hard it is for me to schedule my D&D game that I had earlier today. Yeah, how many, uh, how many groups you got going? Three? Just two, right. Well, I have two. I have... My home group that I did today, Yeah, I have a group at your store yeah. that I do every other Thursday, and then I'm trying to get an online group going, but that's proving to be even harder. Wow. That's because, interesting. Yeah. Because I have a bunch of friends that want to play, but some are out of town and some can't make it. So. Yeah. So what do you got to use? D20? Roll 20? Yeah. My friends use Fantasy Grounds, and we use it for our actual in-person gaming. Oh really? Yeah, but I've never heard of that one. Uh, it's you know you got to pay for everything. Like mm. and I, I think um, Roll Twenty or whatever the other one's called. A lot of it's free. Yeah, you can buy stuff and add to it. Right. Um, I've played both of them and they both have learning curves. Uh, I think Fantasy Grounds is a steeper learning curve, mm. and the stuff you can do in one that you can't do in the other, etc. So I check them both out. I don't know which one you're using, but right now just told Roll me. Twenty. Yeah. yeah, even though you just told me. <laughs> well, basically, I kind of. I'm more of a face-to-face gamer. Yeah. Like, I like, you know, I like being with my group. Yeah. That's why when yeah. we use it, we're still around the same table together, but mm-hmm. we just, well, not everybody uses the electronic dice in the game. Some of us insist on only rolling real dice. But, right, right. Um, it saves us from having to get all the terrain and the miniatures and all that stuff. Yeah, it's always a pain. But Yeah. But it's also a pain since we already own all the books. We have to buy them all electronically again. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why I use, um, I don't use the miniatures and stuff. I have little... Um, cardboard standees that yeah. I just like rate. Oh, this is whatever yep. you know. It's cheaper and easier. Yeah, no, I've seen, I've seen your layout. It's not bad. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, it works. All right, let's get to our review. Yes, let's oh, get yeah. to our review. So, what do we have to review this month? I actually, I had a huge pile of reviews, and I'm like, because it's been so long, so I was like, man, I'm cutting some of these out. I did the same thing. I'm just trying to order this stuff right now. Um. Let's see, I'll put that last, I think. All right, we'll do it in this order. There's one that, are you gonna, we're going to do these? Um, I didn't bring them, but go ahead and talk about it, right, because we'll I those. figured I figured that we would end up talking about it anyway. So. We'll do those last. Okay. All right. All right. So, uh, the books I have today, I think I maybe have five books in the stack. I'm not too sure, but we'll figure it out as we go along. First one in my stack is an Archie Comics book called Archie vs. Predator 2. Interesting. Yes. Now, I uh, buy a lot of the 
newer Archie stuff. I mean, I grew up reading Archie on and off because I couldn't help but have it given to me as a kid. You know, I was like, here's some Casper, here's some Richie Rich, here's some Archie, some Sad Sack, I never read any of that stuff, so. Yeah, so I read it all growing up, and it's, you know, it was fun. comics, you know, comics being comics, and I love them, I read everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the newer the newer stuff is, I think, a lot better. Like, all the, all the work done by Mark Wade was really good. And uh, Afterlife with Archie, amazing. Even I read though, a little of that, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not a lot to it. I think it's six issues, mm. maybe eight issues. And uh, they keep saying it's still ongoing, and they keep saying there's still more issues coming out, but I think it's been <laughs> maybe two years, yeah, maybe three so. since the last issue yeah. came out. Jeez. Um, but they keep putting out stuff in between. And one of the n- newer things that they did was Archie versus Predator. They did the first- Which is a really weird combination. Right. Well, not as weird as Archie versus Punisher, which True. they did. Um, and it's a couple other weird things that they've done. Mm. But Archie versus Predator 1 came out last year and was done entirely in the style of original Archie. So it was like that kind of cartoon. Mm-hmm. And it was about them going overseas somewhere where there was kind of a, uh, you know, like a- rainforesty jungle and uh, it was bloody and but still cartoon blood <laughs> and surprising with the art style that the book was i kind of was like i skimmed it i read it i figured i'd you know collect it and read it at some point and i don't think i have actually got around to reading all of it like i don't remember exactly how it ended i remember the first couple of issues but then i think i fell off the wagon and decided you know to, <laughs> oh, yeah. to read it eventually but never got around to it so when they advertised archie versus predator Two, I was not that excited for it, but I figured I'd give it a shot. And much to my surprise, they changed the art style, and, and uh, it's well, it's still a dark tone for a book. It's it's I think one hundred percent better than the first one. Uh, so the story is by Alex. Oh, sorry. Oh, never mind. Go ahead. The story is by Alex DeCamp, D E C A M P. So DeCamp. Oh, is that is that I or an exclamation point? I don't think they put an exclamation point. DeCamp. <laughs> <laughs> it's DeCamp. <laughs> So I want to have him. an exclamation point in my last name. In your name. last name? Well, <laughs> I think awesome. you can do whatever you want these days, so go ahead. Line art by Robert Hack. Coloring by Kelly Fitzpatrick. Lettering by Jack uh, Morali. And then editor and publisher of that. Well, not going to credit them. <laughs> Who is publishing that? Is Publish? that a... John Goldwater. No, I mean the companies. Uh, this is an Archie book. It's an official Archie book. Is it all? Is it Archie Dark Horse it's, or just? It's got to be Archie Dark Horse, yeah. but I don't see Dark Horse's logo on here anywhere. Oh no, right in the back, it says Archie Comics Publications and Dark Horse Productions. Ah, there we go. Yeah. So it's rated teen, and uh, the art is done, as I said, by Robert Hack, who's really, really good. Yeah, he's and, a hack. Yeah, that's right. Most people say the same thing. <laughs> uh, he probably gets a lot of that. <laughs> I'm sure like, he does. Hey, yeah. Hey, hack. <laughs> um, the. The, all the dialogue is from Betty and Veronica. R- uh, Archie says nothing. Archie <laughs> Archie speaks in word balloons that only contain uh, images like like <laughs> Veronica and some hearts and a question mark. That's an interesting choice. Yes. Um, also, uh, he's kind of klutzy, and they kind of make they make a point to show that he's still kind of the Archie that people remember, even though they're 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 in a world that. Because right when it starts out, let me just get to that. Right when it starts out, Riverdale Riverdale is in ruins and on fire, and Archie and Betty and Veronica are just kind of trying to make their way through the, the the ruins of town and try and figure out how to get out of there. They know that the predator is attacked. They oh, know that okay. well, maybe maybe the predator didn't attack. Either way, they know something. They know it's it, this has been like a month since I read this. That's why I'm a little yeah. unclear. 
Yeah, I've um, cut out a few of the ones I read like a month ago. I mean, obviously there there are bodies all over the place. They know something's been going on, and they're trying to leave town. Um, they eventually do leave town, and then realize that after right after they leave town, they just end up arriving into Riverdale again. So they're in a they're in a loop. They can't ah. leave. And then as the story goes on, we find out that they're uh, they're, they're traversing the multiverse. So every time they leave Riverdale, they come to another Riverdale mm. that's from a different multiverse. Oh, so they're they end up encountering themselves huh. um, before everything happened, and then it just gets weird. So it, it's I'm not explaining it entirely as good as I could, but one of the things I liked about it is that they make reference to the fact that Archie's done weird things, like they mentioned. They make a joke about his cartoon like beginnings. They, uh, if you're familiar with any Archie stuff, they've been superheroes. Uh, Archie's mm-hmm. Archie's Captain Hero, uh, <laughs> Jughead. No, Jughead's Captain Hero. Uh, Archie's uh, Pure Heart. Um, uh, Betty's Super Teen, and Veronica is. I don't remember what Veronica's name was, um, but basically they're all like superheroes. So they make a mention of that. And it's just, it's, it's goofy fun and it's really good art. And I'm hoping that the second issue is as good as this. So that's kind of a terrible review, I think, but <laughs> it's been so long since I read it. Well, um, did you enjoy it at I least? I did. I loved it. And Infinity Stones. Oh, Infinity Stones. I would give this, I can't give it a full gauntlet, even though I like it a lot because of the art and all that stuff. So, um, four. Four infinity stones. Four stones, which is bad. average. I think we yeah, just we yeah. decided that four is four is pretty good. I think four is slightly above average. Yeah, yeah. So it's good, decent book. The next book I got is from Aftershock. I read this just this morning. It's called Knights Temporal. Oh, interesting. I don't know a lot about the Aftershock uh, company, mm. but I I saw it. I thought the art was pretty good, so I thought I'd give it a shot. And the creative team. Let's see. The writer and creator is Cullen Bunn. Ah, okay. The artist is Fran Galen, Galen, G-A-L-A-N. The letter is Dave Sharp, covers done by Fran Galen, and uh, other than that, there's logo designers and production people and all that stuff. Oh, Cullen Bunn, of course, uh, big, done some good Marvel stuff. Has he? Yes. Um, yeah, he's the writer, right? What's he done for Marvel? Oh, for crying out loud. Well, you can look it up while I'm going through yeah. this. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, it, it caught my attention because it seemed like it was a medieval style book that had time travel involved, and that's exactly what it is. Right. Um, uh, there's a there's a wizard being chased after chased after by a knight and his crew. One of his one of his people is poisoned and is dying as they're trying the 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 good knight. One of his people is poisoned and dying, and they're trying to catch the sorcerer. Probably, I assume to find an antidote or maybe just bring him to justice. And uh, the sorcerer drives into, or actually rides his horses into a haunted forest. And the knight's crew doesn't want to go in there, but he decides to go in with, go in after him anyway. And let's see if I can find his name. His name is the bad guy's wizard name is Gaspard. And Mm. the good guy, his name is, his name is August. And so August goes in after Gaspard, and immediately the forest closes up behind him. He kind of gets lost in the wood. He meets this woman who goes by the name of something fool. Let's see what her name is again. Uh, her name is... She sings everything, too. Her name is Jane Fool. <laughs> and she says that she's been waiting for him, even though he doesn't know who she is and vice versa. And she decides to guide him through the forest. And what she does, she guides him to the heart of the forest, which is this weird ethereal plane 
of, of floating giant crystals and all that. Mm. And, um, somehow that is what helps him travel through time. Um, and then we go forward to modern day and he's basically running around with her trying to still catch his wizard. So I don't know, you know, where they're going with the storyline aside from the fact that it's a chase through time, mm. but it seems pretty interesting. And of course, aside from the fact that he can time travel or has time traveled, he's got the ability to summon a sword from nothing that he can use until it goes away. Kind of like, huh. um, maybe Voltron sword, you know, you, you summon it, you use it and it goes right, away. Yeah. So the blazing sword. Yeah, exactly. The, the art's really, really good. The story is, I think pretty simple and not super original, mm. but I wasn't looking for much in this book. I picked it up kind of knowing what it looked like. And it basically gave me exactly what I thought it was going to be. There was no twists or turns or anything like that. Um, this, I probably, if we decide, if we said four is above average, then I'm going to say this is average and make it a three. But okay, yeah. I, the art's really good. And I said in the story, the storyline's, like I said, unsurprising. Mm. I go through and I try to, I try the next few issues. I don't know if it's an ongoing or not. So you'll stick with it for a yeah, little bit? I'll stick, well, at least check the next one. I didn't realize this is a second printing. I wonder when this came out. Oh, wow. This is a second printing already. We might have not even gotten the first printing at the store. So, Cullen Bunn has done uh, some Deadpool stuff. Some he's he's done a little bit of every character. He's also done some DC stuff. What's he done for DC? Uh, Doesn't say. It just says DC. Superman, Batman, eighty-one to eighty-four. Okay. Sinestro. Okay. Sinestro. Secret Origins number six. He did a, a Lobo volume three. Mm-hmm. Earth Two Worlds End. Was he the ongoing writer for Earth Two Worlds End? Looks like it. Yeah. Yeah. All stuff I've never read. I'm familiar yeah, with. Either. I'm familiar with every one of those titles, but I've never read. I, they're all titles I don't collect. So he did Aquaman forty one to forty eight. Still more stuff I don't read. <laughs> Green Lantern: The Lost Army. So that's true on Green Lantern. I only read the stuff by Jeff Johns. So outside of that, I mean, maybe I I, I think I tried to read Sinestro when it first came out, but it didn't hold my attention. So. Mm. He's done some Red Sonia, hmm. Shadow. For Dynamite. Yeah, Alpha some, Dynamite. Yeah. Some Turtles. A whole bunch of stuff. He did Conan the Slayer for Dark Horse. Mm -hmm. yeah, he's been around. Yeah, he's done a lot. All right. So next on my list is from Titan Comics, and oh, it is Blade Runner 2019. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of 2019. It's the year we're in now. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh. Oh. Yes, it's also when the original Blade Runner takes place. Yeah, that's why it's called 2019. So, <laughs> as well as a couple other things where... There's a lot of science fiction stuff that happens in 2019. Because that used to be the future, <laughs> and now it's not. <laughs> so this is from Titan Comics, which traditionally does um, a lot of licensed stuff. Mm -hmm. And they also they, they reprint a lot of European comics, stuff that's from perhaps... Uh, you know, like the comic magazines they do over there, like heavy metal, that kind of stuff. So Blade Runner 2019 is written by two people. It's written by Michael Green and Mike Johnson. Art is done by Andres Gunalado. I'm butchering that name. I apologize. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, colors by Marco Lesko and lettering by Jim Campbell. So this very much has the feel of the original movie. Uh, the art's amazing. The story is very, I think, uh, so far it's, it's pretty original. Um, it's following another Blade Runner, just like the first one. Okay. Um, and is a female whose name is, what is her name again? Her name is Detective Ashina. No, 
A-A-S-A-A-H-N-A, Ash, Ashna Ashina. So a lot of A's in her name. Okay. So she's uh, a Blade Runner from LA. Her friends just call her Ash. She's uh, a, a very good Blade Runner. Uh, they make a point of saying how there's not a whole lot of replicants like around on Earth right now. So she's you know kind of hunting down the last of them, mm-hmm. or to her, the you know to their knowledge, last of them. Right now, the twist of this uh, story is that uh, at the end we find out that she has some. She has endured spinal damage since she was a kid, so she's got. Um, electronics built into her spine on the outside, so she's mm. she's not huh. she doesn't have replicant parts in her, but she's got like um, like a metal spine that you can see on the outside of her body, huh. and she doesn't own it, so she has to make payments on it. And if she doesn't make payments <laughs> on she doesn't, if she doesn't make payments on it, then uh, whoever is, is is she's making payments to the Tyrell Corporation will just turn her off. That's messed up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she's wow. very. She's very uh, intent on keeping her payments up so she can walk. Uh, yeah, and one of the things her. one of the things that she does is when she takes out a replicant, she harvests the organs and sells them on the black market. Uh, so she's kind of a not a dirty cop, but right, because right. replicants have no rights basically anyway. Right. And I I think that most of the other I think they say most of the other uh, officers turn a blind eye to the fact that she does this. Well, it's kind of like the old um, if you steal a loaf of bread to feed your family. Is it, you know? Yeah, exactly. How is it the same as, you know, stealing for other reasons? Yeah. Right. So the, uh, we kind of learn about her, what she's like as a Blade Runner. Uh, we learn a bit about her medical medical condition. Uh, we learn about her relationship with the other officers and that is a very things like that. Interesting concept. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And it goes, it goes. It doesn't go out of its way, but it does a really good job of really like channeling the first movie, and the art does it well, and the, the way mm. the writing goes is very well. But then she gets called in on a on a on a on a case where she has to go to yet another rich person's home, and uh, it's a gentleman by name Selvin. I don't remember what his first name is, and his wife and daughter are missing. So he wants the L.A. Police Department to send their best detective. Find out what happened to her. We now, uh, through the course of the first issue and into the second issue, we find out that um, his wife and daughter are actually running away on their own. And although there's no, um, they haven't come out and said it, they kind of make it sound like that possibly one of them is a replicant, either his wife or his daughter is a replicant. We're not entirely sure yet. Hmm. Uh, or if they're not replicants, they're somehow involved in the replicant trade. And the second issue, it gets even better because uh, she actually, during the course of her investigation, comes across, uh, goes to uh, some guy's house, uh, an elderly man, um, when she's investigating. And then she figures out when she's talking to him that he's a replicant. And he's not a replicant that, because replicants only eight, are like five years old, I think. It's been so long since I saw the movie. But they have, yeah. they have a limited lifespan. Right. That's part of their, their build, so they can just die. Um, That's, um, I'm looking at a... An image of the, her spine, like yeah, just, yeah. that's that's even worse than I had, had pictured when you said that. Yeah, she has to sit in a special chair to charge it. Mm. Um, but the um, when she figures out that the old man that she's talking to is a replicant, she freak, you know, she obviously kind of you know changes gears and goes into into Blade Runner mode and like you know tries to arrest him and put him down and all that. Um, but she f- finds out that there's a doctor out there who has experience with working on replicants and he's now 
taking rogue replic- replicants in and he's um, doing work on them to make them look like they're old people. So nobody suspects uh, nobody suspects an old replicant, but they mm. suspect the younger ones. So, right. so what the overall mystery is, we still don't know. But the woman and his do- the woman and her daughter are still on the run. She's now encountering replicants that are altering their bodies, so they don't appear to be replicants anymore. And uh, is a kind of a deeper mystery. I'm not entirely sure if this is a miniseries or ongoing. I, I hope it's an ongoing. It's actually really good. If That's you want to read that, you can- if you want to read those, you can borrow them. Oh, thank you. Yeah, they're really good. I was just thinking that too, asking you that. Yeah. Very enjoyable. Probably the probably one of the best things that I've read in my stack that I'm going to go through. And that, um, let's see, what's the, what's the full gauntlet? Let's see, we got one, two, three, four, five, and the one on the back is six. Those are six gems, and we do a full gauntlet, right? Yep. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do five gems. I love this oh, one. I really like wow. it a lot. Nice. So, Very nice. Let's see, what do I got next after that? Uh, I only got a few left here. So DC put out a book from the Young Animal line. Mm. It's called Collapser. Mm. And it is written by Michael Way, which I wonder if he's related to Gerard Way. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Um, so it's written by Michael Way and Sean Simon. Art by Ilias. Oh, geez. My eyes are so bad. And this is red on black. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Ilias Carissius. That's a difficult name. Colors by Chris Peter and letters by Simon Boland. So I don't know what to make out of this book. Huh. It is a science fiction. Well, it's a, it's set in the DC universe. Um, although they make oh, it's no, actually they don't they don't make any reference to any other DC heroes or anything else. But I'm assuming it's set in the DC universe mm. uh, because all the most of the other young animal stuff is set in a in, you know in the DC universe, but kind of off to the side, right? Not like Vertigo. You know how Vertigo was always its own thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that the young animal stuff is kind of things going on over here in the corner of the DC universe. So he's a DJ, and he is also um, a hospice person. He works at a he works at a, um, a retirement community. He takes care of the elderly. Uh, so he's like maybe a nurse or something like that. So mm. he wakes up late for work. Uh, all the all, every all the dialogue is uh, a white. I'm, I call them thought balloons, but you know how they don't use thought balloons anymore. They use boxes. Right. Right. There's a white box and a black box. So he's thinking, thinking something here, and he's thinking something else over here. So I'm wondering, at first I was wondering, is this like a, in, in, you know, an inner piece of him? Because he's got, we later find out that he's got this black hole in him. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, That makes sense. Looking. At I was wondering if the black hole was talking to him, but this is all going on before he even gets that power. Right. Um, so he thinks, he tries to think something positive, but then he thinks over here, something in the black box. He thinks this, he's not like depressed or, or anything like that, but he's got kind of two outlooks on stuff. Mm. So like he's working at the, he's working at the uh, retirement community and he's changing somebody's bedpan and the, the, the guy, you know, obviously he's an older guy. He can't help it. And he just kind of makes a mess, mess with the bedpan and gets it all over the other, gets it all mm. over him. So he's like, ah, it's like, this is awful. I'm covered in, you know, poop. <laughs> He goes, but I can't, I can't like show this in front of the guy because it's not his fault and all this stuff. Right. So, and then, and then his, his, his work life is not the best, but he's also trying to see the positive part of it. And then he goes to work and he's a DJ and he's about to get uh, a kind of a big break. There's uh, someone famous in the DJ community that's there, you know, a scout and, uh, right. and he has a big shot and he, he screws it up and 
So he gets all upset and gets in a fight with his girlfriend. And then he goes back home. And this box that was delivered to him by his mother, who he had never met and never knew, he, she left him as a child, mm-hmm. uh, was delivered to him. And uh, it, was, it was he wasn't sure what it was. It's like, your mother's dead. Here's this box that's left for you. Um, the weird thing is the person that dropped it off, uh, there's one close-up shot of him. And you can kind of tell that it's whoever gave it to him is wearing a, a skin mask. Oh, or some oh. kind of mask, right? Because you can see like around the eyes yeah, yeah, yeah. and around the nose and the mouth that there's something else going on under there. Mm-hmm. So he takes the package and puts it down and it's in his house all day. And he goes and he does all that stuff I just told you about. Goes back home. And then without realizing what's happening, the black hole that's in this box somehow attaches to him. Kind of imagine it like a, the symbiote from Venom. You know, it's just kind of like this mm-hmm. black mass that kind of snakes out and attaches right. to him. And then... We at that point we find out that his mother had it, and uh, when she died, it got delivered to him. So that's how he got it. Uh, we find out that there's somebody in outer space because his mother was in outer space. Um, there's somebody who was tracking it down, and by the end of this first issue, that person tracks him down to Earth, and he's got this ability to control gravity. I think um, speak to the dead. I don't know how that how that happens, but he goes into a place that he um, normally buys the cigarettes from, and he sees the ghost of the guy who used to run it there. So that's how we know That's how I know he can talk to dead now. And the first issue ends with him kind of teleporting himself to what appears to be Stonehenge or something like that. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, I will, I have issue two. I haven't read issue two yet. Um, most of the younger readers in the story have been picking it up and seem to like it. Uh, mostly because I think a dried way, a lot of, the, a lot of people like, All right. like him yep. uh, for various reasons. Right. So I just don't know if this Mickey Way is somehow related to him. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But I, I really liked, for the young animal line, I liked Doom, Doom Patrol an awful lot. And what else did they do? They did Cave Carson as a cybernetic guy. Oh, yeah. That wasn't bad. So this is another thing that I bet you we're going to find out in the long run, even though it's not announced as a miniseries, it's probably going to be like 12 issues. Right. They might do a year of it and then stop it and do another one. So, mm-hmm. but now what would I rate that? Um, That's average. Give it a four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have issue two. I haven't read it yet. So I didn't even know about this one. Ah, so IDW, my next book um, is, I don't know if they're doing a series of classical books um, in comic form or what they're doing, but there's an article in the back where they talk about why they chose this book over the other ones that they could have done, um, which I started to read, but didn't finish. So this is the Allen of Dr. Moreau from IDW. And it's got a really good creative team on it. Obviously, it's based on the H.G. Wells novel. It's adapted by Ted Adams and Gabriel Rodriguez. The art is by Gabriel Rodriguez. The colors are Nelson Daniel. Lettering by Robbie Robbins. And the editor is Scott Dunbar. And uh, this is the same artist who worked on Lock and Key, if you've ever read that. Right. And the art is amazing. Now, I've never read the novel. I've read... Have I read any HG Wells stuff? I have. I have a. Um, I've read Frankenstein and Dracula and all those things. Oh, right there. I have a. Uh, oh yeah. Compendium. Yeah. I haven't read all of it yet, though. I've read some of it, but I just think that you know the Time Machine. I've only ever read comic book editions of it. <laughs> I think about it. <laughs> so and Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. So yeah. all his work I've only ever read as adaptations in comic form. So that tells you something. Mm. But <laughs> the art in this is really good. I feel like it's pretty close to how it would be written in the in the in the novel because there's just there's just a way that they say things in here, um, you know, and reference things 
I'm like, okay, I can feel like this might have come in, might have come directly out of the uh, out of the book, like um, just scene for scene, basically. Yeah, kind of. Um, it's hard. It's hard to really kind of kind of uh, put in the words, but it's just a lot of their dialogue and that kind of stuff. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, John at the store originally thought this was a one shot, and it's obviously not because it ends halfway through the. It's it's pretty graphic. I mean, they show scenes with them operating on the animals and all that. And there's, have you ever seen the movie that they did in the seventies? In the seventies? Yeah. No. With Michael York? No. See, that's, I've I've seen that like a hundred times. Um, the special effects in that were actually pretty good. Hmm. And I mean, there's a scene where they where she runs into the. He's not a lawgiver. He's the person in charge, the, the baboon in charge. Um, and he's reading off the law to all the other you know, uh, transmuted animals, basically, even though they're humanoid, they still want to do what they're, what they're intended to do as animals. So, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the creatures that prey on other creatures still want to do that. Right. And then, so Dr. Moreau kind of tries to make them act like a man and gives them these laws. Uh, so there's that, there's that whole scene and it actually, you know, reads really well, plays out really well. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the rest of this for sure. The only version I have seen is the Marlon Brando one. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, it is yeah. awful. Yeah, it was. Whew. I saw that at the theater and I walked out at the I, end. But I, what? I luckily I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it on <laughs> on video. But. Yeah, that was his last movie, mm. Marlon Brando's last movie. Mm. So that is definitely a um, God. I would have to I would have to give that a five. Mm. Yeah. For sure, I like that. I like this. This is cool. Yeah, I mean the art's amazing. Yeah, and it's it's. I like that they're doing the Island of Doctor Moreau. Yeah, and if they do any of the other ones, they'll get the other ones. Like I really hope they do the Invisible Man because they mentioned it in the yeah, back that, that they cool, would that yeah. they would have done them. They were they were thinking about doing that. So, and let's see. I have one last one, and it is a second part of the history of the Marvel Universe. From I have Marvel not Comics. read the second one yet. Uh, you read the first one, right? Yes. Yeah. So I, I read the first right and the second. I was going to review the first one. But. Yeah. The um the second one covers everything from World War One all the way up to um the appearance of of uh, the Fantastic Four. So the next issue is going to be what they call a heroic age, and it's pretty good. Now the biggest thing I got I took away from this, um, well first of all let's talk about the creative team. It is written by Mark Wade, Mark Wade and pencils by Javar Rodriguez. And I think it's Javier. Is it Javier? Javier, yeah. Thank you for Rodriguez. Help. Thank you for helping me with my English. Um, it's Spanish, actually. Well, my reading. <laughs> I'm just a terrible person. <laughs> Can you read the anchor's name for me? Because I'm going to destroy that. Alvaro. Alvaro Lopez. Yes. Yeah. Letters by Joe Caramanga, who I know. And um, it's really good. The art's really good. Now it is kind of prose it's just a lot of images and mm-hmm. a lot of writing and the overall story is galactus and franklin richards are at the end of the universe right. and everything's going to go away and which franklin, i like that yeah, i like that part of it franklin doesn't want everything to go to, to disappear it's a circle of life basically so franklin's destined to become the galactus of the new universe mm-hmm. um so they decide to just kind of mentally record everything Right before that happens, and that's what this whole this mini series is about. And like I said, part two is from World War Two all the way up. And the interesting thing that they do with this is that I I never thought that the that the um, the Golden Age stories that Marvel did with Dynamite Comics 
Mm-hmm. Um, they did, oh, let's see, I think they referenced them in the back. They did a bunch of stuff with the Avengers and some other uh, Golden Age heroes that they, I, I think all the licenses are over at Dynamite. But all that is canon now because it's all like part of this. They, they reference oh, really? all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. And they no. even they even reference the. Um, oh God. I have that issue, but I haven't read it yet. The Marvels Project. That yep. was the stuff that they did. So that's all part of this. Oh wow! And Mystery Men. And there's one of the comic that they came out with that dealt with. Oh, here it is. The Twelve. Do you remember the Twelve? Yes. Apparently, that's in here too. Oh wow! So I haven't read I haven't read all the long form prose in the very back of it yet, but I've read everything else. So. I like this. It's doing what I what I thought couldn't be done, and it's it's putting Marvel in historical content in kind of order. Right. I thought once you attach a year to something, it kind of ruins it because yeah, right. they're always updating the timeline of Marvel to kind of keep it fresh for all new readers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this stuff that's easy. It's like Captain America. He was frozen in ice. Yeah, I mean, are they they're not are they actually putting like an actual time to it? Or? Well, I mean, they're putting they're referencing it around events. So right. World War One and World War Two happened at certain times. There's no changing that. Right. So characters that were alive then that are alive now are a thing. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, obviously they reference uh, Submariner, but Submariner is basically immortal, right? Right. I um, mean, Cap, he he they, got frozen. Yeah. So. They don't. I think they mentioned Wolverine in maybe the first part. I'm not too sure. Um, but they mentioned Wolverine again in this one, and how when he got taken into the weapon x program mm-hmm. and you know how he teamed up with maverick and all those guys i think they did mention wolverine in this one when it was james howlett yeah so they mentioned him in there they mentioned him in here right and they mentioned they talk about when he got when you know he got the mantium put into his body and he mm-hmm. lost his mind and all that stuff right. so i mean it kind of puts it in the weird time frames because did wolverine have his claws in world war ii he didn't but there's a mm-hmm. x-men storyline that jim lee uh did the art for back that came out in the 80s that's captain america black widow and wolverine and i can't remember if wolverine has claws in that story or not well he might have had i don't think he, th- he didn't have the adamantium yeah he, but he would have his claws he, he, bone, yeah, he his bone claws yeah bone claws <laughs> bone saw <laughs> <laughs> so uh i'll give you i'll, I'll talk I'll, i think i'll do my my uh what i would but I would rate this after we talk about that that part one with you. Because this is the last one of mine, so I don't know if you just want to talk about your part one. Okay. So, I mean, like you said, so part one is the beginning of the Marvel Universe. Um, it starts the story of Franklin and Galactus, which is interesting. And Franklin's a, a, an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go into the... It's kind of like... Um, it's almost like... A, Franklin saying, hey, Galactus, tell me a story. Yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> He's just like, I want to know everything that happened, everything. It's funny because it's kind of um, Hickman. Jonathan Hickman is the one that basically um, said that Franklin was going to end up becoming Galactus in, when in, in, when the next universe happens. Right. And all that stuff. And, and this the relationship between Galactus and Franklin that is even happening now mm-hmm. shows that he is... So powerful. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so it starts off with the beginning of everything, and it talks. It starts off with the, the creation of eternity, and the, it get you know, the, the crazy cosmic stuff, which I always... Yeah. Some, you know, some people are like, what the heck is that? Yeah. But I always love, like, the Living Tribunal. All the Infinity Gems. Yeah, the Infinity Gems, uh, Chaos and Order and all that. 
the the Celestials. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's this guy? Is that Ego? I forgot. That is not Ego. Oh, Ego's a living planet. Ego's that is a living planet. This is... Um, the name should be on that page somewhere. It is Eon. Eon, that's it. His name is Eon, yeah. yeah. The Son of Eternity. It's it's always... I always love these crazy concepts, mm-hmm. a lot of which came out of Jack Kirby's mind, mm-hmm. like the Celestials and stuff. For some reason, I love the Marvel ones better than the DC ones, but that's just me. What, the, the, the Celestials, you mean? Yeah, like the Celestials. Like, I like... The crazy, I mean, like the crazy Kirby stuff. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Like, I like the new gods and everything. Yeah. But for some reason, like, I always latched onto the Marvel cosmic stuff more than the DC. To me, the Eternals were just, or the Celestials yep. were just, was, were epitified or, or like, like identified entirely by the, 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 the guy with the, the thumb. <laughs> the thumb, yeah. That would just do like up or down. And he had all this <laughs> electronics on his thumb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, when they get into Birth of Galactus, actually the Rebirth of Galactus, because mm. technically Galactus is left over from the, the first universe. The previous, yeah. uh, actually, I think, if I remember correctly, the current Marvel Universe is the seventh universe, Oh, yeah, and that, they've actually numbered it at this point, yeah. Yeah, I think it's the seventh, so yeah. that he would come over from the sixth. But anyway, um, and then they get into... You know, a lot of the all old alien races and everything. See, I think this is interesting because it puts all those, all the alien stuff in the timelines. Mm-hmm. So we kind of know that all this stuff happened. Right. So much earlier than anything was going on on Earth. Mm-hmm. Like the Nova Corps was created, the Krees, the Kree were around, the right. Skrulls were around. And they they go out of their way to really kind of ex- explain, you know, what what's going on with the scrolls how they got their abilities and all that stuff yeah it is surprisingly for for a book that's trying to cover everything Mm -hmm. it's it's pretty in depth yeah um and um yeah then they get into you know eternals and everything and um all this other stuff so you know it's the basic the creation of dracula yeah that's actually interesting because i had read that stuff a long time ago a lot of that stuff is covered in the black and white uh of dracula no, well, there's Tomb of Dracula, the comic, but then there's the magazine-sized black and white one oh, that yeah. was running coherently with that, mm-hmm. and even though there was no direct crossover storylines, they were related, and at one point they talked, they did whole, his whole origin thing was in the black and white magazine, mm-hmm. which I had to track down and read a couple of years ago, because I never even knew about it. Um, but they talk about how he was a vampire, and then he went after the first vampire and got way powerful. That's why Dracula can do all the stuff that... Other vampires can't. Right. So, yeah. Um, it's cool because it gets into stuff that you might have maybe even 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 some of us older Marvel fans, some stuff it's we just kind of know about, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But um I love that brought they they, they showcase Bloodstone. I didn't realize you know, he's Bloodstone. <laughs> I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah. That he was that original. Yeah. Uh Fing Fang Foom. Yep. Got a little Fin Fang Foom. The birth of Thanos. Yes. Oh, and they start going through all the stuff with Kang. Kang and, and Mortis. <laughs> and Mortis. Oh, it gets crazy. All of it. All the time travel heroes because they start talking about stuff that happened. Yes. Happened I love in that. ancient Egypt. They're like, oh, this character shows up from the future and I love that it affects the timeline. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Silver Surfer. Yeah. That shows just how old Silver Surfer is. Yeah. Like, I didn't know he was. That, that old, old yeah. He's he very, very old. I didn't even realize Mister Sinister was. was oh, I knew Mister Mister Sinister is from colonial times. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, basically. Yeah. 
So I mean that lines up. Uh, the creation of Silver Surfer goes back that far. Yeah. Um, the ancient one, all kinds of cool stuff. Then they get into the Western stuff. Yeah, they just they just awesome. vaguely touch on it. Like there's the westerns. Yeah, and the last page is the last panel is Wolverine. Yeah, James Howlett. And then, um, then they get into it, they call it the uh, history of the Marvel Universe annotations. Mm-hmm. And that's when they go even deeper. Those are the deeper dives with references, yeah, it's all, but it's all text mm-hmm. with like single images. So it's just a, it's like reading the Marvel Encyclopedia. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, if you want to find out more about this, we got this from this comic. We yeah. got this from that comic. So it is pretty cool. Yeah. It's it's a it's a big heavy read. Oh, this is a, the one they 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 reference the Electra miniseries and they yes. talk about the Beast and all that. Yeah, I mean, every time I read Electra, I was like, this is outside the Marvel universe. I don't know what's going on. I don't oh, know how right, this. Yeah. I don't know how this fits in with everything. But they just they put it in. It yep, fits. It fits. That's the other thing. He they made it fit. Yeah, which is good. So, um, yeah, I read all of this. Yeah, the first issue, I read all that stuff. It too. was it was not a quick read, yeah. but but it's the kind of stuff I love. Like I have I have the I think I have a copy of the Marvel Encyclopedia. Yeah, I don't know which. Is it the one from nineteen? No, <laughs> it, no, it's the one from a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. The big collected edition, yeah. 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 Actually, I, I, if if they collect this in, into a big format, I'll definitely pick that up. Yeah, even though I'm buying the, the issues. But, but this one, this is a tough book to. This is a this isn't a comic. This is a resource book, right? So I don't, I don't know. It, it's so we hard. can we can we can we don't need to rate it on right. anything besides writing. Okay. Honestly, all right. I mean, because the art is what the art is. It's the, good. A lot of it's it some of it's yeah, it's good. It doesn't. It doesn't do much to forward the story because it's real. It's it's written as an encyclopedia, more or less. It's right, like, and the happens, annotations is all taken directly from yeah. the original comics. Um, yeah, it. I mean, it gives the flow of the story and all. It's good artwork. Um, I mean, the artist has a huge task to put this down. Definitely. So, I mean, automatically, you know, that is, I think really high rating wise. Mm. Uh, but the, 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 the majority of this book is putting it together into a timeline. If he's able to pull it off. Right. If it makes sense. Do we know how many issues this is? Uh, well, issue three is going into the silver age. So, okay. It's going to be at least two more. Uh, yeah. I mean, let's think about what the X-Men what? did. The X-Men did four, right? They did two that covered the original, right. the original, the original, um, X-Men run two that did, the um, the seventies and eighties, and they're doing. They did two. That did. This uh, has 90s, to be 2000s. at least six issues. Yeah, at least probably. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Oh, I I gotta give this easy a five. I I mean I don't know. I, do I want to give it a six right now until it's done, but right. it's, it's easily a five to see how it's all put together. Yeah, it's it's like I said, it's the kind of thing I enjoy. Um, because I know a lot of this. Yeah, but the stuff in there, like like I told you, the issue that I got, right? All the stuff that I thought was just throwaway stories. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, this is canon now. Like, yeah, and this it like there's a lot of stuff I do know. There's a lot of stuff I vague have a vague knowledge. Yeah, of. there's some stuff that I knew but forgot. Right. Yes, that too. Um, this puts it all together nicely. Yeah. It it makes it it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the annotations five. in the back are a big part. Too, yes. So. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for like I said, I have issue two. I'm looking forward to reading it. I'm looking forward to continuing it. I yeah. believe I put it on my sub list. I hope, no but yeah. So, history of the Marvel Universe. If you're yeah, a Marvel, a stack. 
If it's not as bad as it looks. I know, because a lot of it's probably issues one through three, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're a Marvel fan, I think you definitely, I think this should be required. Oh, yeah. Reading yep. if you're a big Marvel fan. Okay. So that's it for your books. Yep. We'll get into my stuff. And my first book is from the company, the company IDW. And it is a book called Star Pig. Now, I had no prior knowledge about this book. Well, did I. I happened to be walking by the rack and I saw a book that said Star Pig. <laughs> and I said, okay, I got to see what that is. <laughs> I picked it up. I thumbed through it and I saw images that I was like, okay, I have to read this and see what the heck is going on. So um, it is written by Delilah S. Dawson with art by Francesco Gaston, colors by Sebastian Cheng. And it starts off. So what's weird, but also interesting about this book is it's not, it must take place in the future, but it doesn't feel like it's like way in the future. Mm -hmm. So it starts off with this. The near future. The near future, I guess. It starts off with a space shuttle in space with a ship. That turns out to be a bunch of students going on a field trip. Um, and where was I don't remember where they were going. For, for, for Dowsey Station. And they're science students, obviously. So they're probably going to do some science learning. Mm-hmm. And there's one girl who is um, um, kind of nervous. And then there's some turbulence. And uh, so she, you know. The captain comes on and says, oh, we're experiencing some extreme turbulence, so get in your crash positions and all that. But she forgets to fully uh, put on her harness. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, everything goes dark. The next page, boom, something hits the ship, breaks it in half. Wow. And luckily, since she didn't put her harness on correctly, she was the only one to survive. Well, she didn't survive at first. She went out into space. Mm -hmm. Everybody else died, and she thought she was going to die. When all of a sudden, she gets sucked into this big pink thing. Mm -hmm. And then she wakes up and she says, how am I alive? What happened? All this stuff. And then the pink thing speaks to her in like kind of telepathically Mm -hmm. and says, oh, I saved you. And she says, oh, who are you? And uh, turns out it's a giant tardigrade. They're all over the place in space. Apparently. (laughs) But this is this is a giant one. Yeah. Um, And kids, if you don't know, know what a tardigrade is. Look it up. It's this weird creature. They're pigs. They're <laughs> Basically, there's some sort kind of... They're, isn't that like one of the things that they call them? They're, yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're like these weird microscopic creatures, yeah. but this is a giant space tardigrade. Yeah. Space pig. They're all over the place. They're in Destiny. They're not Destiny. They're in uh, Star Trek Discovery. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they're quite the rage these days. So a lot They've of people, been in other comics I've read. That size, too. Yeah. A lot of people know what they are. So it turns out that the tardigrade, the space pig, sucked her up to save her. And um, she's talking to it telepathically and it's saying, oh, I'm just chilling out here waiting for the scavengers to show up. And she's like, scavengers? And he's like, yeah, you know. The tardigrade's saying that? Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, you know, your spaceship got busted up. There'll, there'll be scavengers. Yeah. So they hang out for a little while and she's all confused. And then sure enough, the scavengers show up. and they. They use a tractor beam to beam them up. Mm-hmm. The scavenger is some kind of like cloud like thing. It's it's 
An unknowable alien force. Yeah. It's like a blob of something with multiple eyes and stuff. And it's all excited because it found a space pig and a human, and they're both worth lots of money. <laughs> so so then, uh, oh, this one part where she tells the tardigrade that she's having a panic attack. Yeah. And he says, what's a panic attack? And she goes, oh, it's like when you die, you think when you think you're dying or something like that, or you die a little. So then she faints after, and he said, oh, she died a little. <laughs> so the scavenger's like, oh, we can't have that. So he takes her up, and he, he puts her on a med table. And he, he, you know, he fixes her up and stuff. And it's just, <laughs> so she wakes up and she sees the scavenger thing and the tardigrade, which is now more human sized because mm-hmm. it shrunk down to fit in the ship. Because mm-hmm. apparently tardigrades can do that. And uh, she's like asking where she is and everything. And the um, scavenger is apparently fluent in um, pop culture. Oh, okay. So American pop culture. So, yeah. it, so it, he's like, "Oh, I love Earth, especially American pop." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." So, um, so the final line is the scavenger asks the the girl, "What exactly is a hot dog?" <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it ends, issue one. So I got to say, um, I love the artwork. Um, it's a pretty cute tardigrade. It's a lot of. It's very colorful for a, a book that takes place in space. Um, the story is, it's so, like, they kind of throw you into it without a, f- like, they don't explain the entire universe to mm-hmm. you yet. Yeah. That'll probably come piece by piece. But it it's just so out there that I was like, okay, this is, this is interesting. Um, the only one thing that I didn't like about it that always bothers me when they do this in, in futuristic sci-fi stories is when they, instead of swearing, they make up. Future swears. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm like, Frack. yeah, frack, stuff like that. I'm like, ugh, whatever. But, you know, whatever. Um, That's more of a nitpick than anything. The Beck? What, the Beck? Yes. <laughs> she has two moms. Yes. When she thinks she's dying, she says, I love you, moms. Yes. But it's, you know, it's one of those where it's just in there and you're like, no big deal, whatever. Um, So, I don't know. I still don't know what this is. I don't know what the point of it is, but I am intrigued. So I feel really bad about all the other people on that ship. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> don't they're all <laughs> they're all dead. Already. They're all scavenged. Um, so when we, this came in last month or so uh, on Wednesdays, we go and put all the comics out and all that stuff. I get in early, and I have somebody and one of the other employees is helping me, and he comes around the corner and he says, "Does this go in the kids section?" <laughs> and I said. <laughs> I said, what is it? He goes, it's from IDW. It's called Star Pig. I go, look through it. I go, if it looks like it goes, if it looks like it belongs in the kid section, then maybe it goes in the kid section. And he starts walking over and I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I go, this is an IDW comic. There's no way this is going to go in the kid section. So put it in with the regular stuff. It's, yeah. And then, it's not but a I, kid's didn't, book. I didn't really look through it a whole lot. I just kind of flipped through it and I'm like, it's got to be somehow an adult comic. Well, not an adult comic, but like a, I would say an, a older, an older yeah. reader comic. Older, yeah. So the same deal. Yeah, this this yeah. month issue two comes out, and he comes around the corner. He's like, "Start big." <laughs> and a kid's comic. <laughs> like, I hope you didn't sell it issue two because I want to read it. Uh, I don't know. It might be still on the shelf. I don't know. But I I didn't give this book a second thought. But after your review, uh, I want to read it. <laughs> I just I star pig. I saw it. I'm like, what tardigrade on the cover? I'm like, all right, what is this? I looked through it. I'm like, I still don't know what this is. 
So I got to buy it. It's about a girl in a tardigrade. Basically. <laughs> I don't know where this thing is going. I'm sure that it's going to be in space. I'm going to be along Apparently, for the ride. The tardigrade can exist in space. She can exist in the tardigrade. Sure, sure. So I'm going to give this one a five. Yeah. Gems. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty fun looking comic. It was fun. Um, it was, it was entertaining. It was, it had the, you know, the, it had the, the, the W2TF factor. Yeah. Yeah. What am I reading? Yeah. You know, the only thing I, uh, when I, when I was glancing through it, it really feels like it's computer colored. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything's computer colored these days, but some, some is better than others. And this feels computer colored. I'd rather not. Yeah. I'd rather not look at a comic and go like when, when, when they, when they, now this comic doesn't do it, but when they blur out the background, Mm -hmm. that's not a natural comic thing for Mm -hmm. me. It has to be drawn. So not that it wasn't drawn, but you know what I mean? I think, yeah, I totally get it. But that one, I just, I have to see where that's going to go. Yeah. I got to know. Again, (laughs) we all wonder these miniseries or these ongoing (laughs) series. Yeah, exactly. Because they never tell us. Yeah. Like this one. My next book is called Space Bandits. I've heard so many good things about that book. Very big space theme this month. That is from what company? Dark Horse? Image. Image? Image. And it is written. Well, look, before you go into that, look at the back of the book. It is Netflix. That's not just an ad. No. Right. It is a Netflix book. Okay. Because it was written by Mark Miller. Right. Who has a deal with Netflix. Miller or Millar? I never know. I've, I've always thought it was Malar. I always thought it was Malar, but then I've heard I heard a, another comic book podcast where they said it's Miller, even though it's spelled Malar, so I don't know. Yeah. Depends on the day. You know what? I'd like to I'd like to ask him personally. Out. Yeah. Well, have a call in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> have a call in. Call in. <laughs> yeah, so it's written by Mark Miller. It's it's drawn by Matteo Scalera, who's pretty good. Um Colors by Marcelo Maiolo. That's a lot of vowels. Mm. And Clem Robbins is the letterer. And it's, of course, another space book. Obviously, Space Bandit. It's first page. I love this. Starts out on a ship called the Lionel Richie. That's one reason why it was why it was recommended to me at the store. They were like, "Of course, it's got a ship called the Lionel Richie," and I was like, "With right. Lionel Richie's head on the front." Is it on the front? It is. Yes, right there. Oh my god! It's, it's not the best likeness, perhaps. That's but fine. No, that, that, yeah, well, they need to pay him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it starts with a space heist from these space bandits, mm-hmm. and they're flying little. Like speeder bike type things, mm-hmm. swoop bikes, like you'd see in Star Wars, and um, they go, and they rob, they rob the Lionel Richie, mm-hmm. which is like a cruise ship, okay, pleasure yacht, um, and then it's a gang led by a woman, and the gang is like three other guys with this woman, and after the heist, the guys decide they want the biggest share of the money. So, of course, they... They turn on their good captain. Yep. yep. And try to kill her. Yep. And then... And then... He looking like a man. <laughs> <laughs> and then... And then, um, after that, it switches over to two other characters, a man and a woman, mm-hmm. and kind of funky looking dude, and they are pulling a heist where um, the woman is a wanted criminal, and, you know, she's like... Kind of like a, um, she's a criminal, 
but she's also very popular among mm-hmm. the people and all this stuff. So she gets captured, and then she's supposed to be rescued by the guy and all this stuff. And um, they do that. They show that a couple of times. Like, they do different ways they do it. And then one time she gets captured. I forget what the actual heist of this is. But anyway, she gets captured, and the cops are all like, yeah, we caught you, blah, blah, blah. And then um, she's like, oh, my boyfriend's supposed to be coming and rescue me. And then they're like, yeah, he's not coming. He blew you off. And then um, there's a space station that's a lobster. And space lobster. Space lobster. Because they didn't want to use a ton of grade. Kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> that's been done. <laughs> and so then the two women that have been screwed over mm-hmm. wind up meeting up. And then end of end of issue one. The art looks very good. And oops, I might have missed issue two. It came out on the seventh. Yeah, definitely <laughs> issue two came out. Yeah. Well, I'll get it one way or another. Yes, the art is good. The story is interesting. Um, I I like Mark Miller's stuff. Mark mm-hmm. Millar, whatever you want to call him. Um, I like the I like his books generally. So I'm definitely looking forward to this, to seeing what happens with this, and it's. Being that it's part of the Netflix deal, I'm sure it'll become a show at some point or a movie. I think that's the whole point. Yeah, I think so. Is that he's making stuff and kind of getting it ready to be transferred into Netflix to be a show. Yeah, so... I love this art, man. I don't know how I feel about that, but um, I'm going to keep... <laughs> I love this. The only reason that bounty hunter even caught me is because I was using the damn bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm going to give this book a five as well. It's a fun space future romp thing. Mark Miller, good art. Mateo Scalera. Um, yeah, I'll they give it a five. smoking, which they hardly ever do in a comic. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I recommend it. Yeah, I like it. I'm going to check it out. Space Lobster. You had me at Space Lobster because that <laughs> tail is going to be delicious. There it, you go. <laughs> it opens with a Lionel Richie ship. Yeah, it doesn't look anything like them. And closes, uh, and closes with a Space Lobster. Mm-hmm. A big one. A big one. Now, I've seen space whales before. Those are a dime a dozen. Yeah. All right. Next up, Age of Conan, Valeria. Yeah, I wonder how that is. I got the special variant cover by Mm -hmm. uh, John Tyler Christopher. Yep. Who has been on one of the other podcasts I host, uh, Wookiee Radio. He's a good guy. Yeah. This is written by Meredith Finch. And you've had him on because he does covers for Star Wars. Is that what it is? He does the- Yes. Yeah. The action figure variants. Yep. Yep. Um, written by Meredith Finch. Artist is Anique. Anique. Anique is a name for Anique. sure. Uh, Andy Troy does the colors. BC's Travis Lanham does the lettering. And it is a story about the character Valeria, who is another character, another woman in in Conan's life. Is she new? Is she newly created by Marvel, or is she something from the novels? How do you say her name? Valeria, V A L V A L E R I A Valeria. I I'm not a hundred percent sure. Anyway, Valeria of the Red Brotherhood. Yeah, you can keep going. I'm gonna look it up while you're talking about it. So oh, she was in the uh, she was in the Conan movie. No kidding. I think. Been a while since she was in Red Nails, also. So yeah, she was in Red Nails, and she's been around for ever. yeah. So, I mean, this is, of course, the origin story. So it starts off with her as a kid, um, you know, and her parents, her father gets killed and all this stuff. 
She becomes a bit of a pirate. You know, it's kind of your standard, typical stuff. Um, and it kind of gets into uh, her older years. Um, and she's, like, trying to be the the biggest, you know, baddest bandit in, mm-hmm. in the land and all that. Um, it was, it was this, it was, um, not a bad story, kind of a uh, typical average story, but, you know, if you're, if you're versed in the Conan lore, you know, she's part of Conan lore, so it's kind of interesting. Um, I liked this book. I didn't totally love it, so I'm going to give this one a four. Yeah, it's nice though, isn't it? I see it. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Pretty nice. Um. I mean, I'll you know I'll continue with it because I'm interested in her as a character. See, I like the art one. I like the Bellet one because I stopped reading Bellet because I oh did you? the art. I was See, like, I like the art in, in Bellet. It was too animeish. Yeah, you're too animeish. I am too animeish. <laughs> what happens when you get over fifty? <laughs> yeah. So apparently, she, the, the name was the name that they used in the Conan movie, but not necessarily the same character. Ah, okay. It's not bad. Well, yeah. Lots of pointless flash pages. Okay. Yeah. Not bad, not bad. Um, next up, I have issue one of the big summer crossover miniseries. Don't look at that. <laughs> Very interested in what you think about this. Because I have my own personal opinion this about that. this. About the next that. One. About well, this? Both of them, but this one. All right, so you did read this. No, I don't. I, I, I don't. Oh, so you didn't read this. I don't read big events like this. This is an event title. Oh, you are missing out. Ladies and gentlemen. All right. So this is Absolute Carnage. Absolutely. Absolute so, Carnage. I used to drink Absolute Vodka, but then I found Absolute Carnage. Sorry. This, is, <laughs> <laughs> this was written by Donnie Cates. Um, pencils by Ryan Stegman. Inked by J.P. Meyer. Colored by Frank Martin, letterers VC Clayton Cowles, and this is so. Don- I've, had, I've had people in the store tell me Donnie Cates is hit or miss. He's either awesome or not. I agree. Okay, there's some stuff of his that I've really loved. Some stuff of his. Eh. A lot of people seem to like his Venom run mm-hmm. from the last few months. Mm-hmm. I did not care for it. Okay, I stopped reading it. Mm-hmm. I don't like this whole. God, Venom, symbiote God thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not crazy about. So this whole thing is about Carnage, who died and got brought back to life. I miss that when that happened. It's comics. Everyone dies and goes back to life. I know. And Carnage wants to. <sighs> so take a breath. <laughs> yeah, this is complicated. <laughs> so apparently. Everybody who has ever had a symbiote yeah. attached to them has part of it inside them. Yes. Like a little sperm or something. <laughs> symbiote sperm. And everybody at one point has had a, a symbiote attached to them. Pretty over, much. Over, over yeah. the last like 20 years. And this is supposed to have everyone that's ever had it been touched by a symbiote. So Carnage is going around trying to get all of their, they call them codex. A codex, okay. codices, whatever plural of that is. Pokedex. Pokedex. And he wants to, whatever, bring his symbiote god, raise his symbiote god or whatever. There is a, yeah, there is, a, there is a god of all the symbiotes. Right. Like, I don't know if it's a god, like Asgardians and, and Olympians and that, or if it's just 
like the first one, like Dracula would be like the first vampire. Well, according to this, he created the symbiotes. His name is Null. He created the symbiotes. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, if he was, he could be either a true god or yeah. yeah. So it's either if if it's or he could just be a mad scientist who you know whatever. And then they is the first, the first symbiote. Yes. And controls all of the symbiotes. Right. Something like that. I don't know if he's actually a symbiote, but um, but then he wanted to take over the universe or whatever. So the symbiotes surrounded him and locked him away. And apparently the planet of the symbiotes is not actually a planet. It's all symbiotes. It's all symbiotes. Thumbs up. <laughs> I, know, I know a good amount of the storyline just because I read an outline of it. But. Um. And then we move now, like I said, I haven't been reading Donny Cates' Venom. So apparently Eddie Brock, now we move on to Eddie Brock, who's running from something. He's alive again too. He's alive. And he has a son apparently who Ooh. who thinks the son thinks he's Eddie's brother. Or he thinks Eddie's his older brother. But it's not, it's his son. That's like uh paying child support. <laughs> apparently so. <laughs> so then Carnage tracks them down and attacks them and, um, you know, almost kills them. So then Venom says, oh, I got to take you somewhere. Will you be protected? So he takes his son, brother, brother, son, whatever, to Spider-Man, of course. And, you know, they're talking and blah, blah, blah. So that means that the son calls Eddie his brother, dad. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Hey, brother, dad. (laughs) Um, and then there's a whole, of course, Eddie's son doesn't like Spider-Man because he thinks he's a menace and all this other stuff. And then they're like, oh, we gotta get all these codex, codex, the codex things out of people before Carnage gets to them. And Eddie says, oh, I know just the guy who can do it. And I don't know when this, when these two met each other, but apparently maybe during the Venom thing I missed, but he takes... Eddie takes them to meet uh, the maker, who is... Do you know this character? Okay, strap in. Buckle, buckle in. I'm ready. <laughs> so that... Wait, it, that's his name, right? The maker? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maker. He's called maker. So maker is Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. I know exactly who he is. Then. Okay. Okay. Now he goes by maker. Yeah. And he's a jerk. Oh, yeah. He's a total jerk. He's the turned villain, big time. Oh, yeah, big time. So then this is the first time Spider-Man has met the Maker. Met I have no Maker. idea when Venom would have met him, either. I don't either. It must have happened during the Venom run that I missed. Yeah. Now, Maker's been kind of plopping around, plopping around, been walking around the Marvel yeah. Universe doing stuff for a little while. But. Yeah. They use him as a, you know, oh, we need a villain. Oh, how about that uh, Ultimate Reed Richards there? You know why he wears that helmet? One of the reasons why he wears that helmet is because he is his... his, his uh, elastic to make his brain bigger so he's even smarter so his head's all misshapen right yeah yeah um yeah so spider-man's like you ain't reed richards i know reed richards and blah 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 so the maker says i'll help you guys but i want some spider-man blood and they're like no way and then all this stuff and then you know they go to uh they go to to get norman osborne because he's target number one or number two venom was target number one but Norman Osborn would be a big target of 
carnage because of the whole red goblin thing. Yeah. So they go and he doesn't still have the he doesn't still have the symbiote, does he? Yes. So he's still red goblin. He has a piece of it, yeah. And they go and John Jameson, J. Jonah Jameson's son, Manwolf, is, Manwolf is working at the prison. So he takes Spider-Man and Venom to see Norman Osborn. I'm getting I'm getting myself confused here <laughs> to see Norman Osborn. But then it turns out that Manwolf has already been infected by Carnage, so he's a, got a symbiote now. So Carnage attacks him in the prison. Blah blah blah. Big fight ensues. La la la. And then oh, Norman Osborn. Oh, and then uh, you know he. Uh, it ends with everybody wearing a symbiote suit, basically. So. Remember when there was a battle world and Spider-Man's just like, oh, I need a new costume. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thank you, Peter Parker. I remember when that was a cool thing? Yeah. <laughs> well, Venom was cool. Uh, was. The Carnage was kind of cool. Was. Yeah. But yeah, this is like, uh, this is like, this is like Wolverine overload back in the day. Right. And, and Punisher overload back in the day. Right. You know what? You know when I when I was enjoying Venom is during the Agent Venom run and Flash Thompson. Yeah, yeah, he was good. Oh, I forgot to mention this too. What what did I just read that had Venom in it? Oh, um, Savage Avengers. Did you read the newest issue of Savage Avengers? Not yet. No. Okay. Well, this isn't going to spoil anything. But uh, Conan goes after the alien god. You know the one that gets resurrected in the, in the last issue. Yes. And right. They they get teleported to like downtown New York or someplace populated, mm-hmm. and everyone goes to show up, you know, to try and to, to try and back them up. So Conan's been there for a, maybe an hour, maybe less, half hour, fighting this thing, mm-hmm. long enough for other heroes to show up and help. And one of the people that shows up is Venom, and he's there because he could feel the symbiote attached to Conan. Which actually, now that I'm talking about it. I don't think they would use him in this, but he's gonna, mm. oh, he's yeah. been infected by a symbiote. <laughs> right. So he's there to to to, to reclaim the symbiote that's attached to Conan because it's not his. Right. It's its own thing. So he shows up and he's just like, "Who the hell is this bodybuilder wearing one of my symbiotes? <laughs> this naked bodybuilder wearing one of my symbiotes?" And Conan Conan says, "Crom." <laughs> And Venom goes, who the hell is Crom? Wasn't he a space knight? <laughs> uh, I'm sure you love that. like, oh my God, I love it. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, um, one thing about this book I will say is um, there are, there has been, it has been announced that it's come out that Issue number one, there are 20, I want to say, 20 issues that have a special sketch in the back of the book by Mark Bagley. Mm-hmm. The last I had heard, I think nine have been found. Oh, they found them? Because I know, I know that they didn't announce it until after, I think the week after the book was out. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess some of them are going for big bucks. Oh, I'm sure. It's original art, man. Oh, yeah. Um, so review, um, absolute carnage number one. Mm. Don't be afraid. <laughs> Give I'm it gonna, what you think. I'm going to go with a three. Oh, that's better than I thought. And really? Yeah. <sighs> it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't, I don't know. And I, I'm on the fence about whether I'm going to read it or not. Mm-hmm. Have you seen 
the reading list that I put up in the in the, in the comic section because of, I knew so many. I know so many people were going to ask about this. I, the absolute I made a list stuff. of everything you need to read if you want to read the whole story. Yeah, it's substantial. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not reading all of that. <laughs> I will say though, I did pick up. Why didn't I not? What did I do with it? Was did I not finish it yet? Oh, what I finished it? it. I picked up the Carnage versus Deadpool. Oh yeah, how's that? It's, it's Carnage a dead, versus it's, Deadpool. It's a Deadpool book. It's yeah, it's basically a Deadpool book. Yeah. It's pretty much what you would think. Not bad, but I don't know why I don't have it on my review list. But okay, next up. I'm very excited about this. Very excited about this book. <laughs> this is a book mm, about a character that I used to not really love. He's just kind of one of those stupid, dumb characters that's just fun to read. Like me loving Rom. Sure. <laughs> and this is Death's Head. Yep. By Marvel. And uh, I think I'm going to skip this one. You don't really. Uh, no, Spider-Man. Oh, Prodigal Son. Yeah. We'll talk about that off the air. Oh, I'll skip. Off the- anyway, Death's Head. Uh, written by. What the hell is it on the front cover? Written by Teeny Howard, mm. who's uh, a new name. He's written a few things I've read. Um, art by K- Kaizama. Mm-hmm. And Philippe Sobrero. And this is Death's Head, who is an old, uh, started in Marvel UK, I believe. The original model, right? Yes. The original model, yes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, Death's Head, every time he says something, it's in a question that ends with yes. Uh, you like Death's Head, yes? <laughs> uh, like I said, I've always liked it. I wouldn't. I would never say he's like one of my favorite characters. He's a fun character, but he's a fun character. He's one of those fun characters. Like back in the '90s, there was a little um, kind of fad with him for a while. Death's Head and Death's Head Two. Yeah, there was Marvel was doing a few things with yeah. with them. He's also it's also a tongue in cheek character. It's a yes. it's, it's a comic that's not meant to be like very much stressful. Right. Or any of that stuff. It's just an adventure comic featuring it's this just, character. That's uh, Death's Head. It's just a fun. Comic, yeah, that you go through. So this has Death's Head. Um, he has been. He starts out with Death Head. Death's Head has been captured by a band called Death's Head <laughs> and turned into an amp for the band. <laughs> and then he wakes up mm-hmm. and basically, uh, you know, he well, it goes. He wakes up and then it goes into a, a little bit of backstory about what happened to him. Uh, and he went to Yondu, which mm-hmm. is interesting. And he had Death's Head's like a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. He's like he's kind of like Lobo, but a better version of Lobo. <laughs> um, and you know he want he was doing some bounties, and he owes Yondu a lot of money. Do you love how now Yondu is now? <laughs> yeah, the Guardians of the Galaxy movie Yondu. Yeah, I know that's funny. And Yondu, he goes to Yondu, and Yondu's like, I don't need you anymore. Because he has these three women around him, and it turns out they're like death bots. <laughs> Fembots. <laughs> Fembots, that's what I, yeah. Fembots, that's what I meant to say. And um, they're like, okay. And Death's Head's like, I just want some money so I can upgrade myself. And Yandu basically throws him out the airlock, and he somehow ends up in a dumpster in New York. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then the band finds him, they turn him into an amp, he wakes up, he kills the band. He kills him! And um, and then during the fight, is that Wiccan? Wiccan and Hulkling yeah. show up. That's weird. Yes, it gets weirder. 
So this book also stars Wiccan and Hulkling. And, you know, Wiccan uses his magic to to teleport Death's Head to his apartment. And, you know, then all this Death's Head wakes up in their apartment and all this weird stuff happens. And Wiccan's been looking through all these timelines. Know, timelines. Yeah. He kind of pulled like a Doctor Strange in, in, in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And um, then Death's Head attacks him. And Hulkling fights Death's Head. And then during the fight, the mattress gets knocked off the bed spring and you the box spring, I should say. And you find out that there's another version of Death's Head that Wiccan has hidden in the box spring. And both Death's Head and <laughs> Death's Head said, This is myself. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Hulkling doesn't know about it. And he's like, Why is there? And. <laughs> Of course, it ends with Wiccan going, I can explain. <laughs> sure. <laughs> then we go to Death's Head 2. Like, new model, yes? <laughs> <laughs> and you find out that it starts off with Death's Head fighting in this uh, a character called Dr. Evelyn Necker, who is watching Death's Head fight and says, oh, he's cool and all, but I can make a better version. So she makes a better version. There's a whole thing with waffles in this issue. I don't know. Hmm. So Wiccan makes waffles and offers some to Death's Head, and Death Head's like, yeah, I don't eat, but thanks. <laughs> and he's explaining to him, so Death Head's like, all right, explain this, do it quick, or I kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so he explains that this is version Death Head 4, version 4. Yeah, because there's been other models of them. It's actually, I think it's Death Head version 5, that was made by the Dr., what was it, what did I call her? The Necker, Dr. Necker. Mm-hmm. So the and he's he's like uh like he won't fight the new Death Head. He's like we don't have to fight. We can get along and all this stuff. And they're like Death Head's like beating him up, and he's like threatens to throw him in a pool. He said he's gonna hold him underwater until the shocks stop. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a whole thing. Then Hulkling Wick Hulkling and Wiccan stop Death Head One from trying to kill Death Head. Whatever newer version. Yeah. Five, I think you said right. Yeah, there. five, four, five, whatever it was. And then uh, they knock out Death's head. He wakes up to find Kate Bishop holding a uh, crossbow at him. <laughs> and she said, "Yeah, they they got tired, so they went to bed. So I'm watching you." And then you know, there's more fighting, and it's just a crazy fun book. And they're like, Death's head's like, you know what? I got to go find this Doctor Necker person and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And he. He goes to the other death head and said, you're coming, yes? And the other one's like, I'm not, I don't care. And he's like, come. <laughs> we got to find out why this is. So they go to this warehouse where there's a bunch of like pieces and parts of death's head, death's head robots and yeah, such. Yeah. And then um, Dr. Necker comes on screen and says, oh, and, so, and says, uh, you know, um, talks about how she's upgrading and all that. And she even shows a picture of her from another universe. And mm-hmm. she says, I kind of like her hair, but... <laughs> <laughs> And then it's um, and then she says, uh, "You might be thinking, so what's the difference between me and this other Necker?" And she goes, "It's simple. I'm the Doctor Evelyn Necker from this reality, and that makes me the upgrade." And then it ends, <laughs> issue two. So basically, this is nothing more than a fun book to read. Yeah, it doesn't matter in any continuity, really. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it probably is in the, you know, the, it could be in the history of Marvel Universe as this happened, but... It's going to be something that impacts nothing, and they could go down the line and say, oh yeah, this happened. Right, and who knows, maybe we'll see some more Death's Head in the future. But it's just fun. 
And I'm, you know, I was whenever, glad. whenever he's around, it's it's a pretty fun storyline. Yeah, I was glad to see him back. Yeah, me so, too. Um, like I forget how many issues this is. It's a mini series. I know mm. that much. I want to say four issues, but I could be wrong. But anyway, it's just it's just a fun story. It's kind of you know, it's kind of what 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 we used to read comic books yeah. for, yep. just for fun. So uh, I'm gonna give this one. Uh, I'm gonna go with a four on this one. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one. Um, the artwork is not bad, but not nothing spectacular. Now, time to tackle the big boy. Time to tackle the big boy. So, since we missed an episode, um, our last episode, this had not come out yet, if I remember correctly. That's correct. So, this is, and actually, I haven't read the, this week's issue yet. I, I haven't. I think I'm two, two issues behind. So, last we talked about anything that had to do with the X-Men, it was the reality-altering event, Age of X-Men. Right. And then... Which that was wrapping up. Eh. That was wrapping up to a massive reboot of the X Men universe, written by the great Jonathan Hickman. Yeah, and this is a big thing. Everybody's very excited about this, and this is House of X, and um, it and actually, um, as I found out from the Marvel podcast, Powers of Ten. Yes, even though it looks like Powers of X. Yeah. But apparently it's powers of ten. I was and, calling it powers of ten for the first couple first couple weeks, and then other people in the store were calling it powers of X again, and I slipped back and then calling it powers of X. <laughs> so, but it's the powers of ten, yeah. So this is so for this book, Marvel canceled every X Men book. Mm-hmm. No X Men books, except for House of X, Powers of Ten. Yeah, and it's each book's coming out. It's a weekly. It's a week, more or less, a weekly series, right? They come out every other week, and they're intended to be read one after the other. So However, read... not exactly, because... Oh, there's a reading list in the back. Right? Yeah, because yeah. they came out with House of X, Powers of Ten, House of X, and then two Powers of Ten, then two pa- House of X. So they kind of mixed it up a little. Mm-hmm. But um, the two books are basically interconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, and one book... Um, so... One book, House of House of X. I'm not sure where to go with this. House of X focuses on Earth and out of space, and it focuses on what's going on in the X Men now, and right what the government is doing to what all the Earth's governments are doing to counteract what all the mutants are now doing. So the big thing is that. Xavier and Magneto have teamed up, and they use Krakatoa. They've seeded Krakatoa everywhere, like uh, everywhere. This is Krakoa. Krakoa. Yeah. Uh, they seeded Krakoa everywhere, and now they use Krakoa as a base. Like it's a it's its own dimension when you go through it. Right. Um, also, a traveling portal. Yeah. Only mutants can go through it. Um, right. Unless they the hell have to bring through someone who's not a mutant. Right. They created their own language. Right. The thing, the big thing is that the, the governments of the world have been watching mutants for a long time, and they have said there are three things we need to watch. We need to watch population growth. We need to watch uh, their accumulation of land. And we need to watch their accumulation of wealth. And when they hit a certain point in all three of those, then the mutants are a threat to uh, causing the extinction of Homo sapiens. Right. 
and that they need to go with one of their big plans. And what their big plan is they have a mother mold, which is higher up than a master mold. Yes. That they just have a head. I think it is only a head anyway. Yes, I believe so. In yeah. orbit around the sun. So it's solar powered and constantly getting massive amounts of power. And uh, they're using that as their base operations and how to deal with the mutants. And that's just a very, very small piece of what's going on in that book. Oh, yeah. Because in Powers of Ten, we're dealing with the future where we find out that Nimrod is the ultimate result of that. Right. And how he has been less like killing everybody. And on top of all that, yeah. this book focuses a lot on Moira McTaggart. Mm-hmm. The big reveal of issue three or two. Right. It was who, a big reveal. Who it turns out is a mutant who can um what's um her power is resurrection yes uh, resurrection but uh a reincarnation reincarnation actually no i wouldn't even call it it's reincarnating into the same person so the specifics with her ability is what's just i'm throwing an arbitrary year out there let's say she was born in 62 mm-hmm. so she's born in 62 she lives her life she becomes a mutant when she's 12 or 13 right and then she lives her life now when she dies at any point after she becomes a mutant, when she dies, she goes back to being a child in the womb, but born in 1962. And in the womb, she has full knowledge of her prior lives, lives slash lives. Right. So after her first life where she never was a mutant Mm -hmm. to her knowledge. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, She had a family, she was married, she had kids. She lived to a ripe old age of like 80 something and died in her home. Then she went back to 1962, and the womb realized what was going on, remembered everything, kind of realized as she was growing up that she knew everything, and when she was old enough to actually do stuff, she started experimenting and being like, oh, I met, I met, I remember meeting Derek, so I'm going to change something. You know, I I don't remember Derek, I don't remember Derek actually, you know, winning this game, so I'm going to arrange it, so you win this game. And, And then, so basically, she found out that if she makes changes... To the timeline, they do something. If she doesn't make changes to the timeline, everything stays the way she remembered it. Right. Uh, but then she can't get married again because she gets married to the same guy, tries to live the same life, and she's like, I remember everything. And she's bored with him. She's bored with it. So, and then she's then she learns about Xavier. She figures out she's a mutant, and this is where it's interesting. Yes. She's like, I know I'm a mutant. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fly to America and figure out what's going on. She promptly dies in a plane crash. Oh yeah. <laughs> Resurrection again. And uh, that's when it gets weird because basically she lives through so many lives and tries- This book covers 10 lives yeah. of Moira McTaggart. Uh, up to 10 because I don't think she can go past 10. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, so she tries She tries to cure herself of being a mutant in one of mm-hmm. her lives. So she studies mutations, uh, teams up with Xavier, learns everything she can from him. She actually comes up with a cure, I think in life three. Yeah. And starts to implement implement using it. Yes. And then all of a sudden she's kidnapped by Destiny and Mystique. Mystique, right. And, and Pyro. Yes. And basically she's interrogated by Mystique. And this is the best scene in that book. I love it. It tells me about this scene. Oh, yeah. Where Mist- uh, Destiny's like, I see, I see the future and I know the past. Right. I can't see you at all. You don't exist. But I actually now know what to look for. So if I just look for a hole, like something I can't see since she sees everything. Right. She goes, if I see a hole there, I know it's you. So she goes, I see the future. I know what you do. 
you have this cure, it screws everything up, it destroys our race. And Mori's like, that's not going to happen because I'm only going to do it with people that that want it. And Destiny's like, that's not so, how it's going to work. Yeah. It's going to always go the wrong way. Because you might think that. Yeah. But the government will weaponize it. The government will do all oh, this yeah. stuff. Yeah. So she tries to convince her not to, not to do it. And Mori's like, whatever. You, you can't, there's nothing you can do to me because I'm just going to re- resurrect again. And actually, Destiny explains her mutation to her. She goes, okay, I know you are a re- resurrect. That's your power. She goes, I also see all futures. So I know that you have maybe 10 lives before you die. And she's like, well, what do you mean? She goes, if you die before you reach your mutation age, which is usually 13. So if you die before then, you're dead. Right. Bam. So that's why she throws that number down. 10. You have 10 lives. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you're going to die probably in your next life. Right. So Mario's like, well, I'm going to find a cure, blah, 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 blah. And then Destiny's like, well, I'm going to ensure that you, that you listen to me, what I'm going to tell you. And she tells Pyro to murder her in the most unpleasant way possible, oh, yeah. and as slowly as possible, <laughs> so that way when she comes back, she remembers. Right. <laughs> I was just like, holy crap. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> There's another scene, too, when they're going over different, the different lives of Moira, where there's one, she meets Charles Xavier, yep. and then she dies, and then she goes back and she meets Charles Xavier, and she hangs out with him for a while. Yeah. And she ter- turns out she kind of thinks he's like an egotistical jerk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like, okay. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. And then, and then, so she, she teams up with him. Doesn't work out. And she's like, whatever. I'll team up with Magneto this time. So she teams up with Magneto and goes down that road. It doesn't mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And she teams up with, uh, with uh, Apocalypse. She goes down right, that yep. road. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. She teams up with Mr. Sinister. She teams up with everybody who has had a agenda. Right. In the Marvel Universe, and every time it doesn't work, and then finally she decides to do something to do something that hasn't happened in any of the playbooks. She's like, "Well, I'm just going to go to Xavier, make him tell him everything, and then we're going to go to Magneto and tell him everything, and then we're just going to take all this knowledge that I have and lay it on the table, and between the three of them, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out, and they basically start making these radical changes, right? <laughs> so it's 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 super interesting, and it's at a point now." What are we four issues in overall? I think maybe three issues, maybe six issues. Six issues, yeah. Right. So we're in three issues of House of uh, House of X and three issues of Power of Ten. Mm-hmm. And this is becoming such a deep, oh, was, deep story. I just what? It just occurred to me why it's called Powers of Ten because of our lives. Our ten lives. Yeah. Jesus. And um, <laughs> it's just wow. I, I'm I'm used to reading Hickman and 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 feeling like I need to read it a couple more times to yes. get what's going on mm-hmm. because his Fantastic Four run was like that. I might reread this whole thing when it comes out. Yeah, this is when big. It's all out. This is this is uh, this is something that requires slow reading. And yeah, and you have to pay attention. And you need to think about it afterwards. I mean, yes. you, you you'll get the story, but then you need to think about it again. Right. The whole the whole the whole thing about Moira McTaggart and yeah. her different lives. When I finally read all that, it it blew my mind. Oh yeah, I was like, "Whoa, yeah. that's amazing!" So, um, and there's lots of little things going on. I mean, that, all that stuff that we just talked about was all going on in Powers of Ten, and 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 that's and, only part of it. And that's only part of it. Right. I mean, the other part of it is 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 the future with Nimrod, and that's right. really complicated too because yes. you're trying to figure out because it's not just the future with Nimrod; it's further, further into the future with like a like a minimalist Nimrod, where he's just like this floating <laughs> this floating disc. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the oh, wasn't there like a isn't there like a codex, a human codex that they're all after? 
Yeah, something. Yeah, I think so. Uh, just something. The, the future yeah. storyline is the one that I'm having the hardest time following. Yeah, me too. But I mean, this this is everything I was expecting it to be. Yeah, and, and it's going to launch into so many so new much books. More. It's launching yes. into a new X Men book. It's doing X Men well, Excalibur. On, we'll talk about that in a minute. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, maybe we'll talk about that next. Slow your roll. Yeah, we are talking about that. Yeah. Um. So. Ouch, that was my knee. <laughs> so, um, also, the art is done by Pepe Larraz. Oh, such a great artist. Oh, it's beautiful artwork. Yeah. It's, it's just beautiful. Um, I mean, I, I am both at the same time. Every time I read this, I am amazed and confused, mm-hmm. but in a good way. And I, I'm loving this. Absolutely loving this. I like this image of Mora as a, as a, as apocalypse, apocalypse as an yeah. apocalypse devotee. Uh, yeah. So every once in a while, Marvel decides to spend the money on good writers, right? And and they put out something that requires your full attention, and you realize that all the stuff you've been reading up until now is just popcorn and bubble gum, right? Right? And you're just like, ah, oh, thank God, I got something that's a little bit more substantial, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I can't. This is. Good. I'm, I'm glad that they did this. And yes. I'm, I'm, it, the the level of excitement surrounding the X Men right now in the story is very very high. Mm-hmm. It sells out every 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 time it comes out, right? And like all the stuff around it, so it's good. It's good that that's back. We'll see how long it lasts, but it's good that it's back. Yeah, it's and it. Uh, I'm just I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. And it's just I keep every time I read an issue, I'm like, this is crazy. This mm-hmm. is <laughs> amazing. I love it. And um, hmm. did you get one of the one of the rare? I think you did one of the. This is an alternate cover. Well, I'm don't looking get at, your I'm, fingerprints all over. I'm just rubbing my hands all over it. It's Powers of X issue number three, and it's alternate because it's got Magic and Nightcrawler. Now it's the exact same cover, but the other ones have the 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 Cyclops, not the Cyclops, the Colossus Lady has her, right. and it's got the it's got the red the red Nightcrawler there. So you do have one of the one of the rare ones. Yeah. Oh. They didn't announce it. They just were like, they were just they just sent like. Yeah, they haven't really random randomized. It was kind of one of those special things that Marvel's been doing. I also got this. Yeah, I know. I got a couple of people that want just those covers. The ones that are done by, uh, what's his name now? Scotty Young. Those are all Scotty yes, Young covers, yep. right? Yeah. Yeah. Now here's the one thing. The only one thing that I don't like is the helmet, the cerebral helmet. <laughs> On on Charles Xavier, you know he likes that kind of stuff. He's he's the I one. He he did that with uh with uh, Reed Richards too, right? Which I don't like it because of two reasons. Number one, the giant X, the giant X, like Cyclops had, which I hated that. Oh yeah, Cyclops had that too. And number two, especially in this image, he kind of looks like the Maker. Yeah, or Charlie Brown, or Charlie Charlie Brown <laughs> Maker. Anyway. This, but this series is awesome. I can't wait to read more of it. It's a it's a winner for Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Oh I, yeah. I'm, I, I I my rating on this is a full gauntlet. I'm, oh yeah, I'm yeah. going with a full gauntlet. Yeah, I'm going with a full gauntlet. And so that's it for our reviews. So now let's continue the conversation that we were just about to have with what's coming out afterwards. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> if it's got X Men in the title. <laughs> yeah. Um, but officially, I have it here somewhere. I think it's five titles. Find it. Okay. I know I saved it. I know them. What's way the hell down there? All right. So after this mini series, these two mini series, 
which will be ending in a couple more weeks, right? Yeah. Um, it's maybe three weeks. Well, these, they have the solicitations for October and November. So they're doing a thing now that they're calling Dawn of X. Oh, I don't know about that one. Well, that's, that's the whole thing. Okay. It's the, like they're using the hashtag Dawn of X okay. when they talk about stuff. And they're coming out with, like you said, five different titles. And the first title is X-Men. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be written by Jonathan Hickman mm-hmm. and drawn by Laniel Francis Yu, mm-hmm. who I have mixed feelings about. Mm-hmm. I like him and don't like him at the same time. He'll get about three issues in and they'll pull him. Yeah. He's a very, very slow producer. Yeah. And some of his stuff is a little too detailed. Like, there's too many lines. Yeah. I like it. But I, he, I can't see him doing... He's better now issues. than he used to be. Like, yeah. back in the Civil War days, I really didn't like his stuff. It was too much. But, yeah, but he'll, anyway. Um, so, that is a new era dawns for the X-Men. The X-Men find themselves in a whole new world of possibility, and things have never been better. Uh, Hickman and you reveal the saga of Cyclops and his hand-picked squad of mutant powerhouses. That comes out in October. Does it mention who's in it? No, but on the cover we have Wolverine, um, uh, Rachel Summers. I almost yeah. called her Rachel Ray. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jean Grey, the, the Nate Summers. Uh, the younger. Okay. Did you read that? No. The that came out last year yeah. when the younger one killed the older. Yeah. Um, Cable. So um, his son and his daughter. Wolverine. It's Cyclops. Cyclops' son. Cyclops' daughter. Yes. Cor- it looks like Corsair's in it. From it is Star Jammer. It is Corsair. And I can't see who that is. At. His dad. So it's Cyclops' family. Oh. Um. And Marvel Girl. Um, and I know who that is. That is the guy from Out of Space. That is... He's one of the Summers brothers. Isn't that Vulcan? Is, yes. That's Vulcan. another Summer. Yes. So the whole, that whole team, that whole team is the Summers family. Well, it's Miss... No, Havoc's... Yep, Havoc's there, too. 100% dysfunctional. Yep. 100%. The Summers family Where's the mom? plus Wolverine. Are they saying Wolverine's the mom? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Corsair's... Corsair, like, was like, see ya, <laughs> going into that space. <laughs> All right, and then we have another interesting one, and that is Excalibur. Yeah. Which is written by Teeny Howard, penciled by Marcus Toe. And that one is Mutant Kind has always been special, as has a relationship with the world, or worlds, <laughs> around them. As the new era dawns, a new connection forms between mutants and the magic of the world, and that of other world. Hmm, other world. I like that they they keep. Oh no, that's weird. Weird world. I'm thinking of. Never other world. Other world is is where. Um, isn't that the place that they went that they used in the uh, Joss Wheaton? Yes. Storyline. Yep. Uh, can the new Captain Britain forge a new way through the chaos with her companions, Rogue, Gambit, Jubilee, Richter, and Apocalypse? Oh, if Captain Britain's involved, maybe other world is a Captain Britain. It's universe, but it's not. Yeah, I think it is. It's um not it's a female Captain Britain. Yeah. Um and then uh, uh another interesting one we have is Marauders. Oh, I had a whole discussion about this book at work the other day. Did you? I don't, I don't I'm not happy with the title first of all because the Marauders are a villain villain group. That they are. Uh. All right. So first, let me read it and then we'll talk about it. Uh, it's written by Jerry Duggan and penciled by Matteo Lolly. Oh, that's nice. Lolly. 
Um, says the X-Men sail at dawn. Even in this glorious new dawn, mutant kind faces hardships and oppression from their human counterparts. Led by Captain Kate Pride and funded by Emma Frost and the Hellfire Trading Company, uh, Marauders Storm, Pyro, Bishop, and Iceman sail the sea of the world to protect the, those hated and feared. So it's like a p- weird pirate book of some sort. That's what uh, Corsair should be on that team. Cause yeah. He's basically a yeah, he should. That's, I don't know, that's an interesting one. I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And next up we have New Mutants. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Written by lot. Jonathan Hickman and Ed Brisson. Um, that's weird. It doesn't have an artist list. So Ed, I don't know if Ed's the artist or not. It says written by, but it doesn't have an artist list. The the giveaway oh. the giveaway oh, we had at the store had the artist. It's penciled by Rob Rice. Or Rod Rice. It's Rice, very much Rice. like um, it's very much like Bill Sienkiewicz. In a way. Mm. So. Um, the classic New Mutants, Sunspot, Wolfsbane, Mirage, Karma, Magic, and Cypher get together with a few new friends mm-hmm. to seek out their missing member and share the good news. A mission that takes them into space alongside the Star Jammers. It's interesting because they just killed Wolfsbane in Uncanny X-Men. Yeah. Um, She's better. Apparently. So that's basically a New Mutants title. Yeah. They just killed Chamber, too. They're better. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter now. <laughs> and then next we have Fallen Angels, written by Brian Edward Hill, and penciled by Simon Kudransky. Uh, and that one, Psylocke finds herself in this new world of mutant kind, unsure of her place in it. But when a face from her past returns, only to be killed, she seeks help from others who feel similar to get vengeance. Cable and X-23 join Quanon for a personal mission that could jeopardize all mutant kind. That sounds interesting. That's an interesting cast of characters. Mm-hmm. I never read Fallen Angels before. So. Me either. Yeah. I think the ones I'm going to read are X-Men and New Mutants. I'm going to check them all out, of course, and we'll see. Including the final entry, which is X-Force. Written by Benjamin Piercy, penciled by Joshua Kassara. Uh, X-Force is the CIA of the mutant world. One half intelligence branch, one half special ops. Beast, Jean Grey, and Sage on one side. Wolverine, Kid Omega, and Domino on the other. In a perfect world, there would be no need for an X-Force. We're not there. Yet. (laughs) That's kind of interesting. I like that. I know who Kid Omega is, but who's the other one that was on the first the first three? It was Sage. Who's Sage? Is it just a spice? <laughs> She's a spicy girl. <laughs> She's a spice girl. <laughs> I don't remember exactly. I think she's one of the younger characters. Yeah, it's gotta be. Well, I always get them confused. But yeah, it's kind of an interesting like a uh CIA special ops. Well, that's what X Force should be. Yes. That's always when they're best. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Still, I think I'll read just two out of that bunch. We'll see what happens. Well, I will read them all and let you know. That's what I need. I need you to read them all. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm, that's always me. I'm always the one who reads everything or goes to every movie, and then everyone's like, so? It sucked. <laughs> What'd you think? It was terrible. It was not good. You know, the the fantastic, the last Fantastic Four movie? I thought you were going to say Phantasm. No. <laughs> the last Fantastic Four with... Uh, 
I didn't, I didn't even bother. Yeah, I'm the only one who went to see it. <laughs> and I knew it was going to suck. I knew it was, and it was, it was horrible. But I went to go see it. Well, I went to go see it at the time so I could do a review of it. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, you took one for the team. And I'm like, yeah, you have no idea how much that hurt. <laughs> I believe it Sitting did. through that movie by myself with nobody to talk to about it afterwards. <laughs> oh, man, that was just that was, doing like oh, oh, it's like, terrible oh, it's movie. So and it was like, oh, maybe I'll watch the Fantastic. No, like one of my friends is always like, oh, I still haven't seen that Fantastic Four yet. I'm like, don't <laughs> skip it. <laughs> it was bad. All right, but anyway, we still got a lot to talk about. We could blast through some of this stuff because I mean, we don't have to go into too much detail. Like, right. Everything they announced at Disney, yes, and because that's our next topic, right? Yes. So. Comic Con, convention stuff we missed. Comic Con and D D twenty three. Yeah. So the biggest thing is that X. No, what's it called? Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Disney Plus service is gonna just be flooded with Star Wars and Marvel stuff. Marvel stuff. And oh, looking forward to that. Wandavision looks pretty interesting. Yes. Have you seen the uh, the yes. the placard that they mm-hmm. did with uh, with kind of them in a in a serialized yep. like atomic family happiness going yes. on? Yes. Oh, that be very, very like good. at first I was like that's stupid Wandavision, in. but now it actually it took me a minute when I saw it. I was like Wandavision, and I'm like, oh wait, it's Wanda and Division, right? <laughs> and it's going to tie in directly to the Doctor Strange movie. Oh, is it? Yes, I didn't know that. Which is. I said which. <laughs> which is Doctor Strange and something about it's gonna be more the madness of a, the multiverse, I think. Yes. Like that, yeah. It's gonna be more like a gothic horror movie yeah. kind of, Oh man, I can't wait for that. Yeah. So let's see. Let's just go through real quick all the stuff on the TV show. So there's one division, there's gonna be um The Falcon and Winter Soldier, yep. which should be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um there's gonna be What If, which is gonna be an animated series. That should be cool. Potentially, they're going to do a She-Hulk and Moon Knight. They are doing it. I know, but they just put up a placard. Yeah, but it's happening. We don't know what it is. She-Hulk, Moon Knight, and Miss Marvel. Oh, yeah, Miss Marvel, yeah. Which which supposedly are supposed to somehow lead up into films. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. So, all that stuff's going on. And I'm then, excited about the She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the uh, for the Star Wars side of it, they're doing the Mandalorian. They oh. they finally officially announced Obi Wan yes. Kenobi. Uh, before you continue, I was picking on our former co-host Paul mm-hmm. today because he's a big Moon Knight fan. Yeah. So we were playing D and D today, and I said, "Oh, Paul, did you hear they're doing a Moon Knight show?" And I'm like, "Can you believe that? Why would they do a Moon Knight show? Who in their right mind would like new?" new? And I started going off on Moon Knight, and he's just staring at me with like, just daggers in his doing. eyes. <laughs> Anyway, That's I'm sorry. Funny. Continue. <laughs> so, man, live action Mandalorian, which yes. is amazing. They Did released you see the that trailer. trailer? Yes. Oh, I yeah. watched it like five times. Awesome. So good. Um, when when he uh, he shoots the guy, the guy falls back into the door and he shoots the control panel and yes. the control panel closes on it the guy's closed. head. Oh. <laughs> that was, that was awesome. Like, that is the best. Even the beginning when he walks by and you see the stormtrooper helmets. Yeah. On the sp- I'm like, oh, yeah. this is good. So Mandalorian's going to be great. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's very excited about that. Yes. Um, very interesting. Looking forward to see Ewan McGregor replies that role. Ewan McGregor. And then, uh, and then the Cassian TV Cat- series. Yeah, which is going to have K2SO. Oh, that's cool. Which I'm excited about. Yeah. So we got that going on. And then any other number of Star Wars related stuff that they might do down the line. Oh, so. uh, f- another final season of Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. They announced that so long ago. Yeah, I know. So that's the Disney stuff I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, um, 
So they've been doing a special deal. Yeah. That ends September 1st. Yeah. My buddy tried to do that and he couldn't get it to work for him. So I don't know what's going on. My wife did it. Did it work? She, yep. So she got me for Christmas as an early Christmas present. She went through the deal. You have to pay for two years Mm -hmm. up front and you get a third year for free, basically. Yeah. So we are signed up for three years of Disney Plus. Yeah. So you're gonna get you're gonna get everything. Everything mm-hmm. that, that you want that they announced that you want to watch yep. is gonna be it's on gonna in be three years. And sh- she said the first time she tried to do it, the website had crashed. Yeah. From so many people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, saw, I heard about that. I'm all set. I can't wait. Cool. I know where I'm hanging out. I'm gonna be standing outside your window. We've had this discussion. <laughs> oh yeah. Day one. <laughs> Day one. Um, so that's it for the Disney stuff that, that we want to talk about. They did that. Now, the next thing would be our Spider-Man discussion. What do you think about that? Sony and Marvel kind of split over an argument over well, here's merchandising the thing. rights or something? In the No, not exactly. In the back of my head, the first thing I'll say is, it's always in the back of my head, it's not over. That's exactly what I think. It is not over. Yeah. There's no way it's over. I know. So There's I, no way that they'll leave that amount of money on the table. Right. I mean... It it would just be completely stupid, right? So basically, the 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 collaboration between Sony and Disney is temporarily halted for um, Spider Man. For Spider Man, and I think that the the he was only the kid that plays Spider Man was only contracted Tom Holland yep. to do three movies anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think the deal between Marvel and Sony was for three movies anyway, right? So basically, in my mind, they're very close to the end of the contract. Mm-hmm. Disney went back and said, we want more, mm-hmm. right? Sony said no. And there's, they there's let been the, they different let, rumors about how much Disney's been wants. asking for. Right. Some people say 50%. I've heard 30%. All right. this other. So the contract is nullified. There's been a lot of rumors. They go back and renegotiate that contract. Yes. And then start over again. Right. That's basically it. All they right. got to do is just renegotiate the contract again. Right. And then there's also Marvel just buys Sony. <laughs> right. Which could happen. <laughs> Um, but there's been all kinds of rumors surrounding this. Like I said, there's been a rumor that Disney wanted 50% and blah, blah, blah. And then there's a rumor that Sony offered Spider-Man for $10 billion. Mm-hmm. And then there's a ru- there's been a rumor that, uh, I don't remember what else, but there's been all kinds. Of, it's just been nothing but rumors just pouring out of mm-hmm. all this. Um, like we said, I'm I'm not... Giving up on this, I have no fear that no. there's not gonna that there's gonna there's, that Marvel and and Sony are gonna you know yeah and this, this one somehow, way or another, one way or another Spider Man's gonna be back one way or another they'd be stupid not to right it's gonna ruin it if and if you know what honestly there's enough Marvel stuff on the table right now that right. If, it, if it did fall apart well, Disney's gonna be like well you know what we have sure they are a whole line but of people over here waiting to come out for me for me it hurts a little because spider-man's my favorite hero so spider-man's and, like superman as far as marvel goes right so if your flagship character for dc is you know the your trinity you've got spider-man not spider-man you got superman batman and wonder woman right for marvel spider-man and then Potentially, you know, Fantastic Four because they're the first ones right yeah and uh but i'm sure other people will probably say no captain america sure uh, but Spider-Man, yeah. Spider-Man is it for Marvel. Right. Figurehead, face of Marvel, right. Spider-Man. And he's my favorites, and I love seeing him in the Marvel yep. movies. So if that doesn't happen anymore, I'll be very upset. And also, the thought of Sony doing another Spider-Man movie by themselves. Mm-hmm. 
It's frightening. Yeah, he's just going to swing down and throw hostess pies at people. They want to be like, oh no. And then the other thing. Delicious hostess cakes. <laughs> the other thing that sucks is the whole Venom thing. The Venom movie was not a great movie, but it did really well. Yeah, I never saw it, and I'm not going to see it, but I'll see the sequel. There's no point. I'm, I'm, I'm actually jazzed up for seeing, what's his name, direct it. They got to play, play Gollum. Andy Serkis, yeah, right? I'm really jazzed up to see him do it. Yeah, I he's am. directed a bunch of stuff. He was second director on all, on, on all the on all the Lord of Rings stuff. Well, not no, all I, of it, but I'm I'm looking forward to just the fact of him directing it is cool. Yeah, but it's the whole rest of you know surrounding it that is you know because like the the Venom movie was average at best. It did not deserve to be as successful as it was. Oh, yeah, and now Sony has that in their back pocket. So they're like, oh, look what we did with Venom. Don't worry, I'm away from Morbius Living Vampire to come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Azari, there's, there's that one scene that got leaked by the guy who's playing him, and it wasn't even a finished scene. It was just him, like, rising. I didn't see that. Yeah, he put it on his Twitter or whatever. What Jared was, Leto? Yeah. It was basically uh, a shot from behind, and there were people in an alleyway that were, like, kind of scared, and he was standing there with a trench coat on, and you could see all the rig. And he just puts his arms out, and he just gets pulled up into the air like he's flying. And so I'm like, "That's cool. I mean, that's that's a scene. That's yeah, a scene." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so you know, that's a whole mess. And the only thing I have to say is, make it work, people. Yeah, yeah. Make it work. Yeah, it'll happen. All right. So let's move on to our other thing, another interesting story, and that is that director Kevin Smith is going to be running, show running, a new He-Man animated series. Yeah. What have you read on this? I, I, know a bu- I know a bunch. What I have read on this is, like I said, he's going to be the showrunner. It's supposed to be like a direct sequel. or There's a direct continuation, continuation. of the original animated series. Um, and it's, it's uh, something like the Power Sword's missing and Tila's. I don't remember the whole details. But- it's a, yeah, the Power Sword's missing. The Sword of Power is missing. Tila's trying to find it. Right. Um, basic write-up, right? Right. It's yeah. very, makes it sound like it's a Tila show, but it's not. Right. So uh, when I first heard about it, I thought it could be good. It's probably just going to be the same thing I see rehashed every time they try and take a child's, uh, not a child's, take a, take a, you know, a cartoon that was meant for kids. Right. And adult, and adult it a right. little bit. Like yeah. they're not, Kevin Smith's not going to have him, he may run around smoking a joint, but <laughs> yeah. I figured it would be dark and gritty. Like it's been 25 years later and, right, right, and yeah. you know, trap jaw is missing his lower half of his jaw <laughs> and he's all sad because of it and all this stuff. <laughs> so, I thought of that, and I'm like, eh, it could be good, it could be bad, it could be like the Kingdom Come. You've read Kingdom Come, right? Yeah. I figured it would be like the Kingdom Come of the of the, of the Massive Universe, right? Universe. And then I watched Kevin Smith's uh, live podcast that he does, right, yeah. with his buddy, mm-hmm. uh, Fat Man, and whatever. What do they call it? Yeah, he does that, it. It once, was Batman on Fat Man. Fat, yeah. no fat. Whatever. Whatever yeah. it is, but he does it once a week. Yeah, maybe maybe every other week, and. Now that they've announced it, you can talk about it. So he addressed this whole thing. He's like, I'm just going to say everything that they've announced, I'm going to talk a little bit about because I feel like I'm not breaking contracts because they've said this stuff first. Mm -hmm. So he basically, everything I had been afraid of, he immediately alleviated it. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. He was just like, it's a direct continuation of the the cartoon. 
in the way that it's that same universe with those same characters. He goes in the original cartoon was episodic, episodic and not an overall storyline, mm-hmm. but this has an overall storyline. Mm-hmm. He said the write up, the original write up makes, makes people afraid that it's just going to be focusing on Tila. It's going to be like girl power. Right, just about right. Tila. He goes, it's not, it's about everybody. He goes, and it's just kind of how they wrote it up for some reason. He mm-hmm. goes, but it's very much He-Man right away. Right. And he said, people mm-hmm. think it's going to be dark and gritty changes 25 years later, which is exactly what I said. Right. He said, it's not going to be that. Huh? Okay. Um, he said, basically, when he bought the toys and he looked at the art that was on the packaging, it was very like Frank Vizetta Conan-esque. Mm-hmm. He goes, it's kind of the theme that he's going for. Mm-hmm. He goes, mm-hmm. He goes, and when he watched the... When he watched the cartoon, and you were like, "I like the cartoon," but all the fights that all the fights that were on the cartoon were were basically him just like throwing a rock at somebody's feet and them going, "Oh right. no, yeah. you threw a rock at my feet." <laughs> um, he goes, "When you had the toys in your house, he said you had better fights with your toys." He goes, "So who closed it?" Oh. He goes, <laughs> "You had far away. You had you had you had better better fights with your toys." He goes, "So basically, we're gonna take those awesome fights that you envisioned in your head." Oh, I'm going to put okay. them into the cartoon. Interesting. So uh, he went on and on he, about how when they contacted him, he didn't realize how much he knew about Master Universe. Like <laughs> he loved it as a kid. He talked about how much he loved it as a kid, how much he watched it with his dad, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, wow. He goes, but then when he started talking to people about it and he was bringing up stuff that other people were like, I don't remember that. And he was like, yeah, it's right here. And it's word for word. Exactly. Like he said, <laughs> he's like, oh, apparently I know a lot about this. <laughs> <laughs> so he started well, feeling better about it good um that makes me feel good, better yeah. about it and basically the other thing he did too is that there was an announcement at, at, at comic-con i think that's when they announced it right did they announce it at comic-con i think so wherever they announced it he's they said uh we're gonna bring you out we're gonna announce this whole thing and we'll talk about it he said that's great he goes but i want the entire writing staff up on stage with me too hmm. he goes because i didn't I didn't write all of this. Mm-hmm. He goes, you guys brought me in hmm. to help guide it. He goes, but I, the entire writing staff is going to be up there and they're all going to get a chance to talk and all this other stuff too. So oh, I cool. thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And he made a whole point that he was just talking more. In fact, I think he had uh, two other writers on the podcast with him mm-hmm. and um, this one girl that's, that's, that's working on it. What does she just work on? She's working on something Star Wars, I think, but she can't talk about it, obviously. But she's she's like, yeah, I just got off of something with Star Wars. Can't talk about it. But apparently, it'll be good. <laughs> so. The other thing I, I know about it is it's going to be done by the same animation studio that did the Netflix Castlevania series. Oh, so it's going to be anime-ish? Well, same company. It doesn't have to make an anime Right. Okay. But did you see any of that? I watched the first episode, I think. it The, the animation's really good. Yeah. So... I feel I feel pretty good about that yeah. too. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll I be good. Too, I don't yeah. know when it's being released. I don't think they've announced it yet. But they've finished writing a lot of the episodes. Mm-hmm. I know that much. So and same did. thing with same thing with you know the, going back to Star Wars. Apparently, the Obi Wan Kenobi uh, series. They're mm-hmm. like they're like almost all the scripts are written. And I'm like, oh, that's actually really good. That all, yeah, really. Like, it's almost all written. <laughs> well, they've probably. <laughs> I mean, there's been rumors about. A movie. And Ewan McGregor, when he was on stage, he's like, people have been asking me about this for three years. Yeah. He goes, and for three years, I had to say, oh, that would be nice. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so, so they've probably been working on the yeah. scripts for a while, I'm yep. sure, before they actually announced it. 
But uh, yeah, good. That, so that I believe that's going to be Netflix. Right? Yeah, it's going to be Netflix. Yeah. So cool. another reason to watch Netflix. Mm. Before we jump to the next thing, let's bring up Netflix. Uh, I watched the first episode of Dark Crystal today. Oh, I haven't watched it. It yet. was very, very good. Was it? And I feel very, very sad because the Gelflings. <laughs> Having seen the movie, right, you know that it doesn't go well for the Gelflings. Uh, yeah. So cool! I can't, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, I really liked that first episode an awful lot. Um, all right, so our last topic for the evening. Last topic for the evening. They released a new trailer. The final trailer. The final trailer for the Joaquin Phoenix Joker film. Yep. Now, I have to say that initially I was against this movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the point of it. Didn't care about it. Thought it was a dumb idea. Yeah. And then the more I've seen on it, the more interested I have become. Yep. And then after seeing this trailer, yep. I'm in. Oh, yeah. I'm in. Since they announced it, I was in. Um, they they announced that Martin Scorsese was producing it, mm-hmm. and I was in on that. Mm-hmm. They announced mm-hmm. the people that they were interested in getting, and then when they finally cast Joaquin Phoenix, I was like, okay, I'm in on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't entirely sure how he would do as a Joker, but I'm like, I like him as an actor, so I'm in on him. And then I saw the other people that they cast for it, and then they said they were bringing in Robert De Niro, and I'm like, oh my God, I am so in, <laughs> because Robert De Niro and anything Martin Scorsese, right. I figured it would be a crime lord. But apparently he's a TV host. He's a TV host. Maybe yeah. he's a corrupt TV host. Maybe, knows? yeah. Um, but, but then just this newest trailer of just this man going on this path of madness. Right. I want them to never mention Batman. I want Batman. Yes. I want this, I want this to be totally so fine with that. pulled yep. out mm-hmm. of, of DC Universe lore and just be in Gotham. Right. With this guy yep. that's going to become the Joker. And this could be one of the best things. Yes. Like uh, that has the Joker name attached to it. And I have been reading, the movie doesn't come out till October, but they've already got a bunch of reviews out. Yeah. And the critics are loving this yep. thing. Yep. So, I, yeah, I'm definitely all in now. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to go see it. Yeah. I think it's going to be a very, very good movie. Yeah. I still don't totally know, like, I don't know how much they're going to connect it to Batman or. I don't think they're going to connect it to Batman at all. A lot of people I've I've, I've talked to or people that have watched on YouTube and all that are like, you know, maybe the end credits will be like Batman putting his belt on or something. I want none of that. No, I want none of that because that pulls that immediately pulls that out of the darkness that it that it is. Right. The 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 crime drama that it is, and puts it into a you know a four color comic book world, which isn't where it's supposed to be. I don't think so. And then so, also we'll there's see, but- rumor that potentially if this does as well as everyone's predicting that maybe they could get Joaquin Phoenix to come back to do another movie, even though he specifically signed on to this, knowing it would just be one movie. Mm-hmm. But we also don't know if he's going to live or die at the end, et cetera, right. et cetera. I mean, this could be a guy that becomes the Joker mm-hmm. and is dead at the end of it. And it's that legacy that inspires the terrible right. Joker that we see in Suicide Squad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. I I hope it that's not the connection because that might be. I mean, because they could do this movie, kill him off, and be done with it. No, but what say, I'm saying is, I hope it doesn't connect to the Jared Leto Joker. Well, they might not do that movie. That was horrible. But if they, if they were to anyway. go to DC and officially say, how does this connect to the other movies? Right. They could just say that happened right, in the yeah. 80s. He becomes a legacy. Right. The other thing is, um, I'd be. Totally cool with them not having Batman at all, mm-hmm. but I would also be totally cool if they have like Jim Gordon, oh yeah, or other 
um, ancillary characters, um, not even in major roles, just like just have him be at the police station. Yeah. Or, you know, they're going after the Joker and he's one of the cops that are going after, you know, whatever. Yeah, that scene in the trailer with the 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 craziness that goes on on the subway. Oh yeah, I think is really good, and the, and and just the madness that he's that he sows amongst Gotham, where everyone's like, yeah, we're all clowns yeah, and all yeah. this stuff. It's like it makes me excited to see how he goes from being a loser to building up to that point where his you know his charisma is gonna be his power. Right. I mean, even in the very very last scene where he's, it appears as if he'd already been on that talk show and was a failure. Right. Right. And then he comes back as the Joker when he's at that different mindset. Right. And he's like, call me out as the Joker. And he's kind of doing that thing in front of the curtain before yeah. it opens up. I'm like, man, I, this sounds dark, but I hope he kills that whole. <laughs> I know, me too. I was just going to say, I want to see I'm, I want to see how far they take it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see him go out there and I just do too. kill totally. everybody. Just, yeah. Just whatever. And then dance off the stage mm-hmm. like it's no big deal, because that's what the Joker would do. Right. So... Yeah, I totally want to see that. Yeah. That would be awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, um, we'll probably, I'm sure we'll talk about it after it comes out. out. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I'm now I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm very excited for this movie. So, cool. Good trailer. Yeah. <laughs> trailer did its job. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I guess that's all we have to talk about. Well, there's a couple more things I want to go through real quick. Oh, for crying out loud. This will be no, real quick. Go ahead. First of all, Swamp Thing wrapped up. Oh, yeah. And it felt like it was rushed. But it was uh, still a really good show. Yeah, yeah. All right. So anybody out there who hasn't seen Swamp Thing, watch it. Second, Titan season two starts in a week or two. I'll talk about that as we as we do the next episodes. I'm gonna watch all those. Um, and uh, we are going to start doing a older comic, oh, yeah. reading thing. So yeah, in the next couple couple episodes, we'll pick something and read it and talk about it and maybe keep a theme, maybe. You know, it'll be like, like I don't know what it. We'll, we'll discuss it. We'll, yeah, we'll it talk out. about. It. We'll talk but those, we're going to add that segment to it too. Right. So that's basically all I wanted to say. Oh, all right. Well, on that note, I'm going to also say, uh, if you haven't watched it yet, watch The Boys. Yeah, I will. Because it was, it's amazing. Yeah. Have you read the comic? I never read the comic. Oh. I'm, I'm I'm familiar with the comic. People have talked to me about it ever since it came out, so I know bits and pieces of it. It but. is one of my all-time favorite comics. You know, just like Umbrella Academy when that came out, mm. the first trade was impossible to get. Right. So we can't even stock it right now. Yeah. So the boys came out, and now it's impossible to get the boys. So. Oh, good. I'll have to check the prices on my original comics. Oh, yeah. The prices on the comics might have gone up. Sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, it's an, it's an awesome book and an awesome show. Check out the boys as well. Okay. So anything else? No, but one more thing. Oh, no, I'm just-, <laughs> no I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. In that case, um, that's going to do it for us yep. on this episode of the Monthly Comics Cast. Thank you, Dario, for joining me. Thank you very much. Um, and until next month, good night, everybody. See you next month. Thank you for your cooperation. If you would like to contact the New England Society of Geeks podcast, you can do so by emailing us at nesogpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at nesogpodcast. And you can find us on Instagram at nesogpod. In addition, you can find us on Facebook at our New England Society of Geeks page. And while you're at it, 
we would really appreciate it if you could give us some ratings or reviews on wherever you listen to us. It would help other people find us and enjoy us as much as you hopefully do. We thank you all for listening. 